Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Game Face, episode 369 on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield, your host for the next couple hours of awesome video game discussion. Only a couple more of those left in the year. And here to do that with me is Matt Kyle. What's up, Matt? Um, trailers. Trailers are up. Yeah, and that's going to be the case here over the next, like, four days or so as well. Mm -hmm. Lots and lots of video game trailers are about to be delivered to us. Also, I would like to know the fate of whoever leaked that GTA trailer. Oh. Because I would imagine they're wearing some concrete shoes around now. <laughs> yeah, because Rockstar doesn't mess around with that stuff. No. They will no, they actually prosecute people for that yeah. stuff. A lot of other publishers are like, oh, slap on the wrist. We won't let you into our betas ever again. Stuff like that. But mm. Rockstar will prosecute your ass. Yeah, <laughs> well, I'm thinking that that was someone in the in the development chain. Like someone in the, like some edit, assistant editor somewhere or something. Like, there's always that thing where it's like it's some... You know, to get anything like that made these days, you got to pass it through like a hundred hands. Well, what and people so are saying is that it was one of the a son of a Rockstar employee mm. because the account that ended up leaking that they went back and they found a picture of him with somebody who works at Rockstar and they think that it's his dad. Mm. That's the rumor. Again, it's just a rumor. That man has no son now. <laughs> exactly. Who knows what's actually true? Uh, we are going to talk about the Grand Theft Auto 6 debut trailer today. Sounds Duh. like someone needs to be sent to Bullworth Academy for a while. <laughs> there you go with Bully. Um, however, it is our first big topic of the show. So you guys have to hang in there through our housekeeping before we really get to our analysis of Grand Theft Auto 6. But it will be worth waiting for. I promise you that. Um, are you getting into the holiday spirit at all, Matt? I am. No. No? <laughs> Not so I shouldn't be surprised at all. <laughs> I am. But I think a lot of it is just like I've worked really hard during the year. Like December's here. Like mentally, like I'm just used to this pattern of like, okay, I'm almost I'm almost mm -hmm. to the finish line. And then I'll get like but a little bit of time. First, I have to get off. through all this bullshit. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. The, uh, the next couple weeks are going to be pretty intense. Um, just so you guys know, um, I think what we're going to do, Matt, and tell me if this works for you. We'll do a normal show next week because mm -hmm. another thing is, is Avatar Frontiers of Pandora is not in today's show because the embargo is tomorrow. So the timing worked out great for our show for Grand Theft Auto 6. It did not work out great for Avatar, unfortunately. Worked out for me because I didn't get to play right. it until tomorrow. He hasn't got to play it yet. I've actually been playing it already. You'd is that a weird time for a game? Thursday? Is that a weird? Games don't usually come out on Thursday. It is weird. Yeah. It, it's always Friday. It goes live tomorrow night, but it's like officially a Thursday midnight release. Like I, that's usually it's Friday. It's or, weird. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Yep. Friday, I, Friday or Tuesday are the game. The days. Yeah. Are Friday or Tuesday, almost hundred percent. Like there has been Nintendo. Sometimes think, Nintendo puts something out on Sunday. Yeah, so, on the yeah. weekends, which is very weird. But yeah, normally it's Tuesday or Friday for game releases. Um, I have been playing Avatar. I'm not going to tell you what I think about it yet. I'm under embargo, uh, but we will have it in next week's episode. We'll also have a recap of the game awards which i'm sure as always will have tons of big announcements and things like that and all the awards and everything like that to talk about and then matt if you're okay with this would you be willing to do our game of the year awards separately next friday or saturday um friday's friday should be fine i think okay so there you go we made the plan live on game phase 369 so we'll have a normal show next tuesday and then we'll do our game of the year awards next friday and then we're up and out for 2023 so just a couple more things to go before we wind down 2023 we got a bunch of housekeeping in today's show in fact a ton of it it's really been a crazy busy news week uh, first up obviously i just want to let you know about avatar those review embargoes are up basically in the middle of the night tonight 
Um, so reviews for that will be up on Sifted, curated to Sifted uh, tomorrow morning. When you guys wake up, it'll be there. Or if you're in, your, in Europe, I think it'll be going up as you're getting up for your workday or whatever. Um, so anyway, that's what's up with Avatar. And as we said, the Game Awards are on Thursday night. Um, we will not be doing a live reaction to the Game Awards. We just don't really do that stuff. We don't have that kind of time. <laughs> yeah. Hours uh, and hours and hours. I, I'll be just be honest. Personally, you want you want to sit here and watch me complain about how like <laughs> indie game number forty eight? Yeah, something. Come on, it would get dirty yeah. towards the end oh, because yeah. when I'm sitting by myself watching the the last like forty five minutes of the Game Awards, I'm pretty much yelling at the screen at that point, like, "Okay, mm-hmm. it's time to wrap it up, buddy!" <laughs> like, it's three then, hours and thirty minutes in, and you're showing me a, a pixel art Pokemon clone. Yeah. <laughs> That's mostly taking place in a coffee shop. Yeah, and I can't tell if it's an ad or if this is editorial. Like, yeah. I don't care that Java Chew is on Game Pass. Come on, <laughs> let's go. The other thing I would say, too, is it like... Show me your big finale trailer. <laughs> Show me Death Stranding 2. Right. Come out and kiss Kojima on the lips and let's go yeah. on with it. <laughs> the other thing I would say, too, is that what I'm this is. personally not really interested in React content. I think if I were, I'd probably be more apt for us to do it. Um, I also feel like people who are older, like our audience, maybe aren't so into that stuff. It really yeah. feels like the Gen Z folks and also, millennials. I don't react to things. I, yeah. I stew on them, and then I yell at them three right. days later. <laughs> I think it's better if you give it a little bit of time, yeah. because here's the thing about Grand Theft Auto 6. It was supposed to go up this morning at 6 a.m. Pacific, 9 a.m. Eastern. Mm-hmm. It was leaked, and so they put it up early yesterday, which actually works out better for us, because we've had time to watch it a couple times and kind of digest all the information. I feel like that's the better way to handle editorial. You may disagree, but I will respectfully uh, say that we're not going to do a live reaction to the Game Awards this year. Um, but anyway, as always, we'll be curating all the stuff from the Game Awards. It will all be live up on Sifted literally like within a minute after it appears in the Game Awards. So if you don't feel like watching the show, you just want to see all the exclusives, go to Sifted.net. We'll have it all for you. Uh, let me see. Put my glasses here. It's time to do some reading. Uh, let's see. Let's get into... Our housekeeping proper here. We're going to kick it off. Wrong one. We're going to kick it off with Final Fantasy 16. So, Matt, Final Fantasy 16 was not supposed to have any form of DLC. It was a PlayStation 5 exclusive. The game sold a few million out of the gate pretty quickly. Now it does seem as if Square Enix is not very happy with the sales of the game overall. I think the Duck Consulting Agency should have told them releasing it as a console exclusive. That early in a console cycle probably wasn't the best idea, but I think maybe at least partially the lack of sales for Final mm. Fantasy 16 has convinced Square Enix to change its mind and, and throw more money at it for and, some reason. Right, and is that a good idea, Matt? So it's going to have two pieces of story I DLC know. now. I mean, I mean, traditionally the the DLC on the Final Fantasy stuff has been pretty good recently, but like, yeah. Um, I mean, I like the game, so I'll play more of it. Me too. But yeah. like, uh. Weird. You think it's like, a good financial move by Square Enix to do this? I don't, do you think know. It's the- I don't know what's a good financial move for them anymore because their expectations are so unrealistic. Like I think yeah. I think Final Fantasy 16 did fine for what it was and where it was. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me that more the, the disappointment, quote unquote, of Final Fantasy 16 sales is just Square's unrealistic expectations of things, yeah. as always. So yeah, I think it's you know I, if if you can readjust your expectations to understand what your potential is here on one platform, uh, and you know who knows like 
the you know releasing the second DLC. Maybe you put it now. It gives you a chance to put out the complete pack. Oh, that other platforms give a <laughs> exactly. And the ultimate like, edition or yeah, whatever. There's yeah. there's your launch thing for Xbox and P and PC. You mm-hmm. know. So it's probably a fine. Yeah. Idea. Like at the very least, including them in the in the ports will kind of give it a way to differentiate it, and makes the people who waited for on other platforms feel like they're getting a deal or something, or yep. getting to play the full thing at, at launch or whatever. Yeah. Personally, I don't give a crap if Square Enix makes money. Or yeah. Not. Exactly. I really like Final Fantasy 16, and I want to play more of it. So to me, this is all good. Like this mm-hmm. is totally good, and I do think that maybe if they Hit hit the DLC in the right way, or have choose the right angle for the DLC. It could actually pull people back to the game or to the game for the first time. So, I think it's a smart move. I'm excited to play more Final mm-hmm. Fantasy 16. This is another game out there, people. If you guys have not played it yet, I highly recommend getting it. Did you see any sales for this over I the did, last? Like, but it week? was it wasn't like a it was like four. I think I saw for like forty bucks a couple places. Yeah, I didn't really see any huge steep discounts on it. Yeah, I would actually recommend like that may be a game that you let slip through the cracks this year and you didn't buy while you're buying other stuff because there's so many great games this year. I would recommend that game as a Christmas list game. If you want to let somebody else buy it for you, um, that is a game I would recommend you put on your Christmas Mm -hmm. list. I, I, you may not may have not decided to buy it for reasons, but I really think if you yeah. give it a chance and you start playing it, you'll see why Matt and I like it so much. Yeah. So, although I also, I'm very if, if I was going to play it again, I'd probably wait for PC because I bet yeah. that'll, I bet that'll look real nice. Oh yeah, well, it's particularly on a rig like yours, Matt, mm-hmm. <laughs> it makes a big difference. So anyway, Final Fantasy 16 getting two pieces of story DLC when it was supposed to get none. Um, next up, we talk all the time about Game Pass, and we're like, how is Microsoft making money? Is Microsoft making money? Because Microsoft keeps the finances so close to the vest in pretty much every way, with hardware sales, with Game Pass revenue, and everything like that, it's been hard to figure out. However, this week, Phil Spencer tipped their hand a little bit on Game Pass and shared that Microsoft spends over $1 billion per year on Game Pass third-party games, which he then described as, quote, unquote, financially viable. Do you think that's accurate? I mean, I guess if you do the math and you when, have... When did he describe that? Financially viable. Yeah, but when... What was he This doing? was this week. He did an interview with Windows Central. Mm. And you're... Um, thanks for bringing that up. We should cite where that information comes from. Um, it was because... Like, if that's not true, that could get him in trouble later because mm-hmm. investors are going to hear that. And yeah, I don't think he's lying. I don't think he's lying. Yeah. Um, but, like... I would, I, would, I would sure love to sure love to see the spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah, let's put it that way. Like I'm sure you know, Microsoft deals in scales that are on billions of yeah, dollars. Yeah, of course. So sure. Yeah. Um, and as long as you're making, you know, as long as you're not losing money, it's a scale. It doesn't matter. Um, arguably, they could be lean. You know, they could be. Uh, they could be counting on that uh, lineup of developers the same way you were pushing them last year on that last week on that one slide, thinking mm-hmm. that like that's where their money's going to come for their domination of things. And, you know, and with that doesn't just come more software sales comes, you know, tie-ins and brand buys and mm-hmm. you know, all that kind of stuff. So yeah. like that's that, you know, just people doing business through your e- ecosystem, yeah, which is true. clearly the thing they want. Yep. Um, so, okay. Like that's because look, they don't have, you know, maybe this will change in the next few years as their, their development machine cranks up. But for basically for the last decade they have not been able to compete with Nintendo and, and and Sony on the level of come play our games instead yeah like that just hasn't been an option so they came up with something else which is come play these games for free <laughs> um, 
Sort don't of. Call it free, in a way. Matt. People get pissy when you call yeah, it free. Sort of in a way, in a way you won't think about it. Yeah. Right? Um, and it seems to have kind of worked. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm certainly glad I didn't have to pay money to play play Exoprimal. I mean, if you do the math, they let's say roughly they have 30 million subscribers right now. Mm-hmm. At 10, let's say the average people are paying is 15 a month. So mm-hmm. at 10, that's 300 million plus another half is 100. So that's 450 million a year. They're making on Game Pass right now, and they're outlaying a billion just on the third party games. Well, wait. How are they? How are you getting? Did that I do figure? that math right? No, you're, that's per month. That's all right it. per month. Yeah. So they're making, they're making way a lot more than a billion. Oh a yeah, yeah. They're making billions yeah. per year off Game Pass already. So yeah, that is financially viable. That does actually make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So I guess in the grand scheme of things, they're doing okay with yeah. Game Pass. Um, maybe a one billion I mean, I, actually I should conti- shock us for how low it is. Yeah. I mean, I do continue to have my my question of like, okay, now what? Sort yeah. of thing, you know, I mean, I guess that is a sustainable thing if that's just how you want to make your money. Yeah. Um, that's a lot of profit every yeah. month. And it's an interesting thing in that, like, the it, the model worked and, like, no one else is really doing it. I, I think, mean, I don't know. I don't think anyone else could do probably it. Probably not. Like, the outlay, the outlay to get to that point mm-hmm. is substantial. Yeah. Well, Epic maybe could do it, which it is kind of doing with Epic Game Store. It's giving yeah, away so bit. much stuff. But that's it. not really working as well for them. Nope. It it's like. definitely not. It does not turn a profit at all. Um, but it doesn't matter because they have Peter Griffin and Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to get to Fortnite here in a minute. We don't talk about that game very often here on Game Face, but we're going to talk about it today. Um, so anyway, I mean, that looks pretty good for Game Pass, honestly. I mean, only $1 billion. If you figure you're making basically a billion every two and a half months off of Game Pass subscriptions, mm-hmm. that's pretty cheap, actually. So it could be a business model that works, but again, only works for a company like Microsoft that has really deep pockets, can afford to lose a lot of money out of the gate until... Everything starts going in the right direction. You can accumulate enough subscribers to turn a profit on it. So, and look, that one billion—that's not the only cost for Xbox with Game Pass. Like, don't mm-hmm. get us wrong. Like, we're not saying like that's all they have to pay to run Game Pass. There's a lot more other costs, but that's the biggest one. Mm-hmm. And it's around a billion a year. That's not that bad. So, if Microsoft can keep gaining subscribers, it could become a very beneficial business model for them. And then, Matt, maybe you start to see copycats. Yeah. Once people are very confident that it's a model that works, then maybe you start to see what some a difficult thing to start up. Mm-hmm. I mean, I kind of PlayStation sort of started to try to do something in that direction, but mm-hmm. they're never going to just give away last they don't have three the day one. Like, yeah, they can't not, afford to do it no. really, unfortunately. Uh, so anyway, there you go. That's the latest on Game Pass. Um, also, this week we got the first look at season two of the Halo TV show on Paramount Plus. Season two launches on February eighth. We will not show you a, the trailer that they released because we'll get copyright strikes on YouTube for that, which really sucks. Like, Although we might need to just to prove that to you that this exists because I think everyone forgot. That, that the Halo that, that TV was show was a TV thing? Show. Yeah. Also, I don't understand why uh, game companies have actually finally figured it out. Even Rockstar now, if you use their trailers and content, it doesn't send up copyright flags. There's really no publishers left that do that. Mm-hmm. But in film and TV, it is still a thing. Like, yeah. you can't ever run a Netflix trailer, any of that stuff for Netflix. It's all protected. Anything from Apple is always protected. So it's it sucks. Like, we should be able mm-hmm. to show the trailer for season two of the Halo TV show on a show where we're talking about it. You'd we, think. <laughs> but we can't. So... How do you feel about that? Also, by the way, the first season is going to go up on YouTube for free mm. just as the second season launches. So if you didn't watch the first season, you'll be able to watch it for free with ads on YouTube. Yeah, finally. 
I got like to, four episodes to, in and I was out. Did you get far enough to learn that Master Chief fucks? Yeah. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I don't I don't understand what yeah, I don't that either. was. I mean, I don't I felt like it kind of started strong. The first couple episodes, I was into it, and then as they st- it started becoming more of a drama and less mm-hmm. of an action thing, well, then I started Halo. to lose interest. Yeah. I mean, I kind of feel the same way about Halo Four and onward. Yeah, uh, but it's just like another example of like, do you guys know what this is? Do you why know why like this it? was a big deal in the original? Like, yeah. why it caught on? Like, fucking Last of Us didn't need to come up with all this extra shit. I mean, it did come up with expanded shit, but it's like it's still the same story. It's still the same characters. It's, you you recognize these people from the, the game you played and it's the same story with different like little tributaries yeah whereas i don't recognize master chief in that at yeah. once he takes his helmet off as like, far as like a, a different he's a different person like, yeah. he's not, and i'm not saying master chief's a great character in and of himself in the games he barely talks but like you could do something still with waters that. run deep matt you could do something with that <laughs> Like, I, I, you, whole genres were created in the 80s off of guys that had, like, 10, ten words yeah. per movie. You know, like, <laughs> true. Yeah. you didn't want Jean-Claude Van Damme to talk too much. Yeah. But, like, you still got through the film. Yeah. So, it's just, it's so bizarre to me that you can just sort of, here, here's basically a ready-made sci-fi epic blockbuster um but you can either afford to make that or you can't. Don't like half ass it and then like have like a whole entire bottle episodes on a ship between him and some random scientist. Yeah. It's just it's I will say this the response I didn't finish it. I, uh, Me I, either. I, was, I, I didn't make it through. The response to that season 2 trailer on City was pretty pretty positive actually. I was kind of surprised. Yeah. Well, there's a bunch of people I saw that were just like this this is getting a second right. season. Right? Like, <laughs> they greenlit season two. I think yeah. they, that might have happened before the, before they could stop it. Well, they did. They so what happened? If you don't, if you remember correctly, they started season one. It got like two episodes into it, and like it was a thing. Mm-hmm. And then they greenlit season two, it. and then, season, and then it just yeah. went beer. <laughs> because after the second episode, you're like, oh, what is what is what this? is this? Yeah. Like, Not first Halo. Epi- the first episode is pretty good. Like, yeah. He's fighting th- fighting the elites, and like there's a it looks really nice. Mm-hmm. Like. You recognize it's, it looks like Halo. Yeah, I, it's actually. I, I thought it was very cool that they remembered how big the elites are. Like, then they had to start huge. talking. Yeah, then they had to start. <laughs> he took his helmet off and he had to start <laughs> talking to people. And you're like, oh, this is. I don't know what this yep. is. Yep, this isn't the Halo just, that just I know. Just stick Cortana's Cortana in his head and have those be the <laughs> that be the dialogue. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, it launches on February 8th on Paramount Plus. If you're already a subscriber, no skin off your ass to watch it. I will not be subscribing to Paramount Plus to watch it as I did the first no, season. I, I actually am. subscribed for a month just to watch it, and I still didn't finish mm. the whole first season. You might, I mean, not for Halo, but you might want to resubscribe to watch Strange New Worlds. Oh yeah. If you like start old old school Star Trek, yeah. like just like you know the old Star Trek of like each. We're going to go to a different place and solve a different problem. Yep. Strange New Worlds pretty much nails it. Okay. Uh, next up. As long up. as you're not afraid of it being woke. No. I'm totally Star, okay Star with Trek's that. gone woke. I don't know if you... I don't know. <laughs> Everybody's the, going woke. The show from the 60s that had really super clunky racist, racism is bad metaphors <laughs> is all socially aware now. I don't know. Are if there you know scenes that. that depict caring for other human beings? Yes. There's like... They have empathy and everything. <laughs> oh, it's, wow. It's, it's, oh, my it's God. Horrifying. <laughs> I think there's like women on the bridge. Like... Oh my god. Some of them aren't even white. <laughs> yeah, what's, ha- what's what's happening to our country, huh? <laughs> it's going down going down the crapper, Matt. Uh next up in housekeeping. CD Project Red. I think at this point it really Yeah, exactly, Erebus Jones. You gotta get to the musical episode. They did a musical episode. <laughs> oh really? It's amazing. <laughs> even you would like it, because it's kind of making fun of musicals. Oh uh, well there you go. <laughs> Breaking that fourth it wall. It knows how dumb it is. <laughs> okay. Um 
Next up, everyone, I think at this point, Matt has forgiven CD Projekt Red for the launch of Cyberpunk 2077. Seems like it. It feels like that sentiment on Sifted with our users. Everyone's just like, let bygones be bygones with it. I don't forget. Like, I'm always going to remember that they basically ripped a bunch of people off launching that game on last-gen consoles. But to be fair, it has done an amazing job fixing the game and sticking with it when it could have just bailed and moved on. Mm -hmm. However, and people seem to forget. I mean, same thing happened with No Man's Sky. Like, mm -hmm. people are okay with them now yep. after all the work they did to make yep. it, bring it back up to snuff. Well, today, the Ultimate Edition of Cyberpunk 2077 launch, which is where you get the base game and all the improvements that they made to the base game, plus Phantom Liberty DLC in one package. And with that, CD Projekt Red has finally turned the page on Cyberpunk mm -hmm. 2077. Well, it's, it's 2.1, and they added even more stuff Right? To that. Yeah, they added, like, a working subway system. Working and subway like, system. There's, there's races. They've changed the yeah. freeway system. They've added more traffic on the freeway. They have to make it look more populated. It's um, crazy. It even looks a little better. Like, they've improved the path tracing thing a little bit. Like, it's... Yeah. Great. It looks... It, as people were saying, it looks like those original trailers. Now. It does. Finally, it made so, it there. Well... CD Four Project years later. Red, with that. <laughs> Three years later. Yeah. With that and with the Ultimate Edition, finally is ready to turn the page to the next Witcher game. And we got a little bit of information on that for the first time this week. Um, one of the developers at CD Projekt Red shared that one of the focuses for The Witcher 4, or whatever it ends up being called. What's it called right now? The Witcher, like, Orion or some crap? No, that's, that's Cyberpunk 2077 Cyber, sequel. Yeah, 27 sequel is Orion. I don't think, the, I don't think Witcher 4 has a, anything. I thought it did have... It might have, no, there was name. there was something called uh, like the White Wolf, but that was a remake of the first one. Mm. I don't think I've never I don't recall a code name for Witcher Four yet. Okay, well they are talking about the next Witcher is what we'll call it for now. And he said that the big focus in the next Witcher game, as far as what they learned working on Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, Polaris. Polaris. They're saying. Yeah. Sound Wizard says it's called Polaris. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. I'm guessing that's a code name for something. Oh yeah, yeah, it is for sure. But. And that may, who knows, it may end up being the final subtitle. Could be. I mean, Polaris, North Star, you know, the Wild Hunt is associated with ice and cold mm -hmm. in the north. Like, it, yeah. it could be something like that. Well, one of the developers of CD Projekt Red says what they learned from, C from um, Cyberpunk 2077 that they're going to apply to development of the new Witcher game is to emphasize how the story is told and player freedom. Those are sort of the mm -hmm. two tenets of Cyberpunk 2077 that they're going to bring into the new Witcher, but I feel like the Witcher not... had that already. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I I think it had it better than Cyberpunk in a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, look, as long as it's not first person, right. I'm okay with it. <laughs> I don't think they'd um, ever do my that. My guess is the main, what they're talking about here is like, and has long been rumored that you're going to be able to create your own Witcher. Mm. And that it'll be a dialogue-driven kind of Mass Effect style thing, but you were making a Witcher. How do you feel about that? Good. I mean, Geralt's story is over. Yeah, I get it's that. Like, like, I'm not pining for Geralt to come back, but they did a great job with Geralt. They like, did, but I think... I almost would like to see what they create next. I mean, they did a pretty good job with V, mm -hmm. like, and that was a creative yeah. character. Yeah, that's true. Um, he still had his own personality. Yeah. Even though, you know, you could take over parts of the character. Yeah, V was a very specific person, it, to the point that it annoyed me at times that V was reacting to things the way I wouldn't want mm. to react to. Them Interesting. Um... There's there's a degree of freedom versus degree of how the, who the character the the writer thinks the character is. Mm -hmm. um, like if you want to do kind of Mass Effect Witcher, like I think there's room. You know, Shepard is a specific character, but they they figured out a lot of room to let Shepard be their own person. He's way more of a blank canvas though than. 
Right, but by the end of those three games, he isn't. Yeah. You, based on how you've played him. That's true. So, yeah. like, I, you know, my my shepherd is not the same as your shepherd. No, that's my, true. Actually, my fem shep is not the same as my male shep. Right. Because I played male shep very Paragon and fem shep very Renegade. And I think of them as very different characters. Well, you role play. Yeah. yeah. And so if you can kind of pull that off with a, with a creative witcher, I think you've got something. Especially, I mean, depends when you're setting it. Like... If there's two options, you can set it like in the post Witcher three era, where like maybe uh, Siri or somebody has started to try to resurrect the Witcher idea, mm-hmm. maybe without the trial of the grasses, which kills th- two thirds of the yeah. applicants. Yeah. But um, or you could set it like in the old world where the Witchers were, you know, the height of the Witchers era, yeah. which is also an option. And you still could have Siri in there because she walks between time periods. Right. That's true. Um, I just when I first saw Geralt, I had no feelings towards him at all. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's like the dumbest lead character ever. But I was wrong. Like, they proved me wrong with how they wrote the character, how they inter- had him interact with other people. I just feel like CD Projekt Red does something it's really good at. And I wouldn't mind if we kind of had an on-again, off-again thing with that studio where one game we get, like, a, prota- or a protagonist that they design. The next one is, like, cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. And then- Yeah, we'll see. I mean, the, ri- the original plan for Witcher 1 was create your own. Oh, it was. They switched to having it be Geralt... Uh, like midway through. Interesting. Um, I think because they realized that they were more interested in telling the story of... His story. Basically, I mean, the Witcher games are basically fan fiction that takes place after the novels. Oh, I didn't realize um, that. Yeah. I thought that was part... The, the story was part of the books. No. Oh, no, it's all original stuff. Because in the, at the end of the book stories, basically, he quote-unquote gets killed. Mm-hmm. And he and, and uh, Yen are killed in a in a pog- in a riot pogrom thing in a oh, village what? place. They talk I didn't about know it. that. They talk about it. That's why he has... He gets stabbed by a pitchfork. That's why if you look at him with his shirt off in the game, he has three circular scars. Oh. On his thing. And but then in the beginning of Witcher One, he wakes up and doesn't, and he's running through the woods and he doesn't remember. And they're like, "We thought you were dead." Like that's so basically that's what happened there. Is like instead this retcons it, and maybe there's a hint that it happened. in... I think Siri does something weird where she actually pulls them out before they die and transports them to this like beautiful island and they like are supposed to live there happily ever after but then it's implied that the wild hunt is aware of them no. um and so the so the 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 games kind of pick up where that left off and you know you're like well wait they were supposed to be on this island or whatever and now he's there and nobody knows where yen is and what had the wild hunt got, found them or whatever um, and so the the books are kind of like continuation fan fiction oh i, I was not aware of that at all yeah and the the author of the books does not consider them canon or relevant at all like, no. like they are i'm not surprised by that they are they are very <laughs> different Geralt is actually a very different character in the, the games than he is in the books um Geralt and, and i mean because like and it's weird because like the 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 t the netflix show is the books the netflix show is telling the story of the books mm-hmm. for sure which is great which is yeah. great but cavill is playing Geralt the game, like the Geralt. game yeah and in the books Geralt is a more um this sounds weird if you only know him for the games, because and it was weird reading the books. But like he's a little more vivacious, he's more emotional. He cries oh, fairly often. Like he's got actually he's a he's a very he's very much a kind of a normal person um, who happens to slay monsters for a living, and he likes to party and kind of. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's not like all the time, but he, and like he and he'll sit down and talk with monsters, and like there's some really interesting things where instead of just killing one of the monsters, he sits down and has dinner with them. <laughs> And like then decides whether he wants to kill him or not. Mike's too um, does remind us that Geralt was a real was a ri- well written character already from the books. Yeah. So yeah, and they kind of extra. I mean, look, 
there's an argument. There's people that love the books that hate the video game version, but there's an argument to be made that after what he went through between the books and the video games, that would change you. A you bit. would think he yeah. acts more like his book self, really around Yennefer in Witcher Three. Like okay. that's probably the when he's kind of joking around with her and like that stuff. Like that's probably the closest you get to kind of book Geralt in the in the in the games. It does feel like we're gonna lose a little bit of this if it is create a character. Maybe I mean, but like I would argue that like. You know, Geralt's story in these games is one of the pinnacles of the form in games. Like, like you don't find a character like Geralt in games, period, very mm-hmm. often. And so, not every even if they create their own separate character and it's not a creative character, it's still not going to be Geralt. Yeah. Geralt is Geralt yeah, is, yeah, is singular. Yeah, it's it's over. Um, yeah. He's he's up. There. I mean, he's top five game you know narrative game characters of all time for yeah. me. I mean, I'm not saying like, but like I like Mario wouldn't be in that because Mario yeah. was not a narrative character. <laughs> of course right? not. Yeah. But you know, you, you're talking about the all timers. I'm put. You know, I'd put him in there. I'd yeah. put Shepard in there. Yeah. I'd put uh, the Pantheon. Yeah. It's it's. Uh, you know, maybe the maybe one of the vault dwellers from Fallout. You know, that kind of. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that, actually, they're not very good characters, are they? They're just you. Yeah. Um, I think I have to think about it more. I'm sure people would put. I think certain, that's a pretty good start on that list. Yeah, for sure. But like, yeah, I, I think anything you. I mean, V was a letdown after Geralt. Yeah. Because anything would be a letdown after Geralt. Yeah. He's very. He's a great character, and and they really found a way to to nail who he was by three. To the point that near the end of the game where he said he's I don't remember what the line is, but at some point he's sitting with a campfire with these guys or something. And he says something that's it's a, clearly a meta reference to the to playing these games. And he just looks looks right at the camera and like <laughs> and it kind of smiles at you. And it's like, wow, that's a, and it works like, like you know, it that. all works. I think that's I think that's in Blood and Wine. No, I, okay. think, I think it's DLC. It's late. late. It's like one of the last things that it it's almost. It feels almost the equivalent of like the Citadel DLC in Mass Effect, oh. where it's just like a big party for the player. Yeah. Kind yeah. Of thing. Um no, it's it's yeah, it's great. So like I, I mean, the Witcher stuff stands up here, mm-hmm. and whatever they do next, I will. I'm sure I will like it because I really like that world. But I don't expect it to be as good as The Witcher Three. Okay. Like I just don't. We'll like see. It. It, I would expect a lot of improvements. Maybe not in the writing and the characters, yeah. but in other parts of the game, the visuals and yeah. the scope, and gameplay. Maybe um, hopefully the combat's improved. Yeah, you could do do more with the combat. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know that would be the most interesting thing to me would be is if you get to create a Witcher, being able to choose your school, right? And which would change how you fight. Yeah. And you know, like a bear school would be a big, honk, yeah, more than just changing the armor. Right. You know, like, yeah. I, I think that would be if you could actually make all of them fight differently because there's like five or six different schools, uh, overall. Okay. There's actually only I think two in the books that most of them most of the schools that you, we know are made up for the games. All right. So anyway, that's the latest information on The Witcher 4, or The Witcher, whatever the hell they end up calling it, Polaris, who knows what it's going to be, but the next Witcher game, Mm -hmm. that's all the info that we have on it right now. Um, Next up, a game that Matt and I have been kind of dragging for a while now, and for good reason, it's been delayed like three times, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League is really kind of nearing release at this point. It's coming out early next year. There is a close... Yeah, there's so far no no hint that they're going to push back that February date. Nope. Um, and right now there is a closed alpha going on and a bunch of gameplay footage leaked over the last week. Mm-hmm. This is not it, by the way. This is These are trailers that were released this week, so it is new footage, but this isn't the leaked gameplay. Um, and it was a huge chunk. I, I'll just be honest with you, I watched it. I watched... 30 minutes there's one 30 minute chunk that was basically just like the campaign straight through and then there was another video that was i don't know like 10 minutes long that was just basically a collection of cutscenes. and 
I guess what I would say about this game, Matt, is, yep, it's a third-person shooter. <laughs> yep, it's exactly what we thought it was. <laughs> These trailers that we're seeing right now do show off more of what the game is like. Like, this is really what it is. It's you running, jumping, gliding. Even but it, in, it's so not a superhero game. It really doesn't, it doesn't feel like it. I, I'm, like, I'm looking at this, I'm like, what, how, why... You could swap these these characters, these DC characters out with just some generic shooter characters and you'd have a completely identical game. Well, it's like King Shark. That like, would be just, he, as, just as appealing to why me. Why is he using a gun at all? That's not what he does. Mm. It <laughs> It's so weird. I will say this, man. Like you're waiting for him to come down and do like the right. Hulk smash Hulk thing smash. and then he pulls out a pistol. <laughs> yeah, you're like, what, I know. What, it is weird. Um, but I will say this, Matt. It looked better yeah, than I like thought. That. Yeah. I mean, I think it looks. I think visually it looks good. I always visually. I don't even mean graphically. Good. I mean in generally, like the game itself nah, looks a little better no. than I thought. I it, I understand I, your perspective of it doesn't represent the characters yeah. well. But also, just isn't the kind of game I care about. Yeah. Like I, I'm not. Well, she plays just like Spider Man. She swings she, just with, like Spider Man. Sp- she has Batman's let's, grapple let's hook. Let's not or insult Insomniac by <laughs> making that saying. comparison. Well, it's, you can see it right here. Right, I mean, but where's the You momentum? say you don't like games like this, but you love Spider Man and you're doing the same thing in some parts of yeah, it. Yeah, but Spider Man doesn't have a gun. That's true. Like, yeah. it, it, what but the, he shoots, a, well, he shoots the, his webs. I mean, that's a gun, basically. Not as often. I'm, it's more of a combo system with a fighting game. Like, and yeah. she's doing like canned like finishers there. Yeah. Um, that's the this thing, is, is definitely that, a third-person every, shooter. <laughs> everybody's got their own sort of traversal thing, but as soon as you hit the ground, it just turns into Borderlands. Like It does, yeah. I don't care about that, yeah. especially not in the context of a superhero world, because the, the idea that a bunch of people who are just really good with guns can compete in a world where the Justice League exists has always been one of those things where we just sort of all agree to sort right. of look the other way on it. And sort of, yeah, okay, fucking the yeah, guy. Yeah, guns will work. The guy who's really good with a bow and arrow gets to be in the Justice League and the Avengers. Sure, why yeah. not? You know, like Hawkeye and, and Green Arrow are sort of like just sort of, why, yeah. I, I guess, you know. Yeah. But, you know, or even Black Widow where it's just like, she, so she's a the really good spy, so she's on the team with the green indestructible monster <laughs> and and the guy who lives forever and it's like okay like sure um this guy's really good at throwing boomerangs yeah so clearly you want to send him to kill the flash <laughs> well like, i mean so here's the, here's the other thing i would say about this is the writing's pretty good yeah i mean it doesn't that doesn't surprise me there were several jokes in just that 30 minutes DC, that landed DC, pretty well dc games tend to you know they they do take care of that stuff yeah partly i think because the game developers are not afraid to work with the comic book people mm. you know like yeah. there's a there's there's a there's a well kind of reported in the industry feeling that where the studio Warner Brothers studio people like don't think the comic book side of things has anything to offer the film side of things. Mm-hmm. It took them a long time to even get somebody halfway competent like Jeff Johns to like you know be advising on the movies and stuff. And yeah. even then, I don't think they listened to him much, judging by those movies. Um, and like. But but for this, like you know, like Nether Realms like worked with the uh, um, the DC animation writers, people who'd written for the DC animation stuff, to do Injustice, and that turned out great. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure you know, and you know, it's not like Rocksteady doesn't know how this goes, and they've worked with DC, you know, they worked with Paul Dini, and they worked with they worked with Jeff Johns on on uh, Arkham Knight, which is funny. Uh, someone pointed out that if you look at Arkham Knight and then you look at like subsequent Jeff Johns comics that have been poorly received they're all using very similar ideas that were in Arkham Knight multiple jokers oh. a relationship between um Barbara Gordon and another uh, Robin that isn't Dick Grayson um there's a bunch of stuff in there that uh, the idea that anyone can be a joker and stuff like that like 
that all it is is like any you all you need is the right face paint and the right exposure right. to a chemical and you're the Joker kind of thing. Um, so yeah, that might be one re- and so that might be one reason why uh, Arkham Knight felt so underwhelming, especially narratively, is like they switched to you know standard comic book guy versus the guy who created Batman the animated series. Um, so it's not surprise me that they nail the characters in this, and like you know, even looking at the cutscenes, the cutscenes look good. They do, know? yeah. Um, I mean, the game, I, I feel like the game looks good. Yeah, and the graphically, and yeah. the um, you and know, the, 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 the well. synopsis that leaked you know months ago seems to be pretty much on target. Um, and that story sucks. Like yeah. that, the, the overall plot of that is garbage. Like it's it's a just another grim, gritty, grim, dark bullshit thing that DC does all the time now. And it's just like, hey, how about a the S stands for hope, so how about you try that for once, would be kind of my response to that. But that doesn't mean there's not going to be good character moments, moment, you know, scene to scene and moment yeah. to moment. It doesn't mean that Wonder Woman's not going to be written well. You know, it's and But know, there were moments where I laughed out loud. At least we get to see, at least we get to see Batman minutes. again. Yeah. You know? Like, I'm not going to spoil his appearance, because he mm-hmm. was in that footage. Yeah. And I thought they did he's, a good job he's with He's been him. in the trailers. He's yeah. just not as explicitly as what... You know, we still don't really know what he's doing in that. Yeah, and this footage actually does kind of explain that. I'm not going to spoil yeah. it, but and it um, is it is a sequel. It is in the same universe and after Arkham Knight. So yeah, you learn the story. Some, some, some of the things, things that happened in Arkham Knight are carried over into this. Yeah, again, I, mean, I don't want to spoil it. But much, it's just but. like I don't know, and it's it's hard to like look at this after you know eight years. Yeah, and just be like. Meanwhile, we've gotten what three. Could have been. Meanwhile, we've gotten three Insomniac Spider-Man games yeah. in the space of five years, and like, I would love to see what Rocksteady could do with Batman now yeah. in an Arkham game. Like, like you, you maybe the conversation about best superhero game would really be much tighter now if the Arkham stuff had continued. It's possible, um, yeah. but this ain't it. Yeah. So you know, it I just feels it. It looks like again, I didn't play it. I wasn't in the alpha. I just watched the footage. It just looks like a competent, cooperative shooter, mm-hmm. and. The only way that the characters really like set themselves apart from the others is their traversal, how they mm. move. But like all of them have a gun, so they all are just shooting. Yeah. It's all which shooting, is like, but even Gotham Knights differentiated the characters more than that. They it did, yeah. Which is like, like that's pretty harsh criticism, yeah. I think. Like yeah. it's like it, it's it, once you're on the ground, it's very hard to tell who's who mm-hmm. from the player perspective. Yeah. It's just. They're all just shooting guns, and I'm it's sure I'm, over the shoulder. I'm sure King style. Shark gets like you know, it's like Borderlands. I'm sure King Shark gets bonuses for bigger guns, and Harley probably gets bonuses for smaller guns, and yeah. you know, every and maybe maybe uh, Boomerang gets to do things that like return ammo to him or like teleporter because right. he has the, he has the Justice League teleporter he stole, mm-hmm. um, but like stuff like that. But it's just like that scene is so it's so ticky tacky. Whereas like, just give just let me play as Batman or let me play as let me play, you know at least nobody asked for this that's no, the thing no nobody asked for this and again it feels like it feels years late yeah. it feels like if you'd put this out around the time that the David Ayer Suicide Squad had come out and made Harley Quinn like a, a, a cultural force because that's pretty much the only unless you're like one of the weird Snyder cult people like the only lasting impact of the DC Extended Universe movies is that Harley Quinn is a household name now? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that's it. Like the fact that you're gonna you're gonna see people dressed as Harley Quinn for the rest of time. Yeah, that's the the result of the DC Cinematic Universe. Over. Yeah, and I don't know any other. It's like if this had come out in 2017, 2018, when the Suicide Squad thing was kind of still hot and Harley. Was also, when to, these games were still kind of right, hot. Yeah. <laughs> to yeah. be fair, because let's be honest, things have cooled off on this front over the last, like, year and a half or two years, so... Yeah, it's just, or even just a different angle, like, this is just, it feels like a four-player shit. Even if they'd done it like Guardians, 
Right. Like, you know, where it's just a single player game where you switch, where you kind of play one character, but you can kind of command other people. If you just had me playing Harley. Yeah. And she, you, you really honed how her gameplay was. And she can use guns. and she You can, can use swap ca- characters in this, by the way. Right. Yeah. But like, I don't want to. Right. I got, why would I? They're all the same fucking character. They all, yeah. Other than their traversal. Yeah. Like Harley swings like Spider-Man. The other ones will like teleport. Mm-hmm. But once they're Harley shooting, swings like Spider Man. Harley swings like Spider Man in a PS3 game. Right. Like, is, <laughs> that's good that's the thing that's the most like notable to me is like she swings, and then after she's done swinging, it's like her inertia resets beyond like no, kind of right. a cursory sort of that upward thing. It's like okay, yeah. so you can't really get ahead of steam going. It's also weird to me. This is this is nitpicking to the point of just like why didn't you work harder? Well, it was eight years, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm like, why does it all take place in Metropolis? Right. Like why is it doesn't it, have to? Why is the whole Justice League in one city? <laughs> like it would be way more interesting to me if you had to like go to Central City to kill Flash, right. and you had to go to Gotham to track down Batman. Right? Like, like that would be a more interesting thing. Well, I think the plot is all tied in because the superheroes have been taken over. And, right? They're taken over by Brainiac, and yeah. like some people are just like, "Well, Brainiac's in Metropolis." I'm like, "No, he's not. Brainiac is a spacefaring time yeah. traveler. He's out in the galaxy, literally somewhere. anywhere. Yeah. It's in Metropolis because they only wanted to build one city." Yeah. And, and at least it's which not, is a fair ass sure but, they, but yeah. it's like it's because it's they've done Gotham you know four times so yeah. you know, they got to do a different city Metropolis is kind of the obvious option but I don't know I think it would be more interesting if it was a little more of a quest I'd agree I guess what I would say my big takeaway from watching the footage and it's all down now you can't find it anymore um, was that the game appears to be competent and I think a fear was mm-hmm. that it was going to be incompetent after all the delays and some of the leaks right. that have come out so but and also I would say it is a very generic third-person cooperative shooter. Um, it doesn't have like the style that you would hope mm. for from a DC game. I completely agree with that. But again, it doesn't look like it's going to be a train wreck. I guess no. The best it way I mean, play. it's going to be a game. Yeah, and it's probably just going to be fine. Like, I don't really expect it to be a bad game. Yeah. The problem is that like, I think people wanted maybe I don't know about expected, but they wanted more than fine. Right. Oh and yeah. A, and Coming a, from and the a, studio. And a third, a pr- and a, Third-person shooter clone from the studio that gave us Arkham City. Agreed. Yep. Um, next up, we got some good news accidentally this week. Um, a game that Matt and I have a lot of affinity for, but some of y'all may have never played. Beyond Good and Evil is getting a remaster coming in early 2024. There is already Beyond Good and Evil HD. Yeah. And that released, what, like 11 years Long ago? Long time ago, yeah. Yeah. It's a little weird to me that they're giving this the high-res treatment again it's not it, to me because it doesn't sound like they're the, re- H- the hd version sucks oh it does I you, can't even, that. you can't even flip the the y-axis oh really I like, it's awful that. like oh. it's it's it, i mean it was fine for the time but like i i can't i couldn't play it because you can't re- invert the y-axis like there's t- you know they, this absolutely is needed i just never thought they'd do it because they don't like to admit this game exists mm-hmm um, the other thing about this is like, well, I love this game. This is one of my favorite games of that generation. Period. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, nothing else quite looks like it. It's it's or just, plays like it. Yeah, it's just it's just it's a super appealing thing mm-hmm. from top to bottom. The only reason, the only thing I have trouble with when people when I when this comes out and people are like, oh, you should totally play it, but be ready for the fact that it ends on a cliffhanger that will never be resolved, <laughs> and you're going to be mad about it forever. <laughs> Because I certainly am. Well, here we are over a decade later, and we're still salty yeah. over you it. You want to really make me buy this fucking game? 
add on like a 20 minute thing that <laughs> solves the cliffhanger. Seriously though, you're right. That was what that that's we don't what have to wait do. for Beyond Good and Evil 2 for. Well, 2 isn't even going to do that right. cuz it a doesn't prequel. look like it's going to fix it. Yeah. It's a prequel. So <laughs> unless there's time travel, which I guess is possible. It's possible. Yeah. But also, that game's never coming out. It so just, probably is fixed this this and the thing with Dark Siders 1 where it ends with like we're about to like fight all of reality with all four horsemen and we're just never going to fucking never, talk ever. about that yeah. again apparently. <laughs> Yeah, um, and then yeah, they are they're updating some stuff like they're updating the controls because the, the one big criticism I had of the original game was the combat felt like nothing. Yeah, and it it does feel pretty good like early on, but it never really evolves. And when it does yeah. evolve a little bit, it just you feels like you don't quite have the right controls for it. Yeah, uh, and it's got camera issues by modern. St- I mean, it was great at the time, but mm-hmm. it was still in that weird period, that PS2 era period where like things were being figured out and nothing yeah, yeah. had been fully codified yet and you weren't sure if every controller had two analog sticks right. on it and that yeah. kind of and now you can make it a much much better experience for sure yeah so as opposed so. to the other one where the problem so the problem with the hd one is if you flip the the axis of the controls you flip both axes <laughs> so you flip the x as well how could you overlook something so obvious it just wasn't a thing then i Jeez. guess i don't know i That's really crazy. don't know because i don't think there were really camera controls in the original I think you just dealt with whatever angle. I don't they remember you. actually. I'd have to put the GameCube version back in. And I know there are certain it. scenes for sure where there's a fixed camera perspective. For sure, yeah, especially the stealth stuff. I just can't remember if all of it's that way. Though. Yeah, I don't know because we camera controls were still kind of uh, rudimentary and sometimes not even you know expected back then. So I don't know. I, it may not have. I'd have to try it. I again. feel like also out I, in the say, the fake open world, you could control the camera like when you're controlling the vehicles. I and think stuff. you might have just been able to recenter it. Maybe. Because you're right. Back then, that was was camera control back then, Matt. Like, just, yeah, the camera control back then was just, oh, let's just start over. Yeah, we can just center it. (laughs) I guess back back to one. Here we go. Yep. Um, But, yeah, it's, uh, so, yeah, I think this is necessary. I did figure out a way to play the HD version effectively on the Xbox. Oh. Because the Elite controller lets you set up profiles. So I set a profile up on my Elite controller that flips the Y-axis. Oh. So it, I don't need the options you in found the game. a workaround. But that's the only workaround I could find. Yeah. Uh, so one that actually does everything properly and gives you proper camera control. That's a great, that's a, that's a very welcome announcement to me. Well, the thing about this leak is that it wasn't just a leak. People actually like got the game and were playing the yeah, game. It was a like full... they were able to download it and actually play. Yeah, because it, it went up by accident yeah. or something. Yeah, right? yeah. it was a like, huge mistake. It seems to be happening so much more anymore than it used to. Um, but I, it is my hope that, you know, some of you younger folks who watch Game Face, maybe a generation younger than Matt and I, will finally get a chance to play at least a decent version of this game. We talk about it all the time. It's kind of one of those games that I don't think most people are going to go back and play. But maybe now that they're mm-hmm. gussying it up and making some slight improvements to it, maybe it'll yeah. be more worthwhile. I mean, worthwhile. I wanted to go back and play it, but I, you know, until I figured that, that Xbox One let me do that, I hadn't replayed it in yeah. years Yep. Um, it's very, it's very, I think it's a very appealing look even today. Yeah. Yep. So there you go. Beyond Good and Evil is coming back around. You think we'll ever see Beyond Good and Evil 2? It doesn't seem like it. Probably not. Because the director just died. Yeah. <laughs> That's the problem. He was only 40 years old. Yeah. And he died while working on this game. Um, again, condolences to his uh, family and friends over that. That's really insane. Um, so again, don't forget that remaster is officially launching in early 2024 if you weren't lucky enough to get it while it was up briefly before they caught it. Uh, next up, we also got an update this week, kind of, on Dragon Age Dreadwolf, the next Dragon Age, which it feels like we're never going to play. It was Dragon Age Day. I didn't even know that, that was a thing, Matt. 
I don't know what that is. That's it, what they they said it was Dragon Age Day, and so they released his trailer. And then the messaging. I don't know what makes something Dragon Age Day. I don't like, I understand N Seven Day. Yeah, it's November seventh because N Seven. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what Dragon Age Day refers to. Yeah. Well, the messaging that they wanted to get out there is that they are finally going to really unveil this game for real, for real, for real, for reals this time next summer mm. next it's like a six months from now who does mm. that who puts up a trailer that Our, announces summer, something that's happening in summer six reveal better mean fall release boys yes. because we're, i mean you're we're right 10 years out now i would be surprised though if that 10 happens 10 years yeah this thing better be amazing i mean based on that beta footage that we saw <laughs> i don't know man oh <laughs> da d4 december okay that's that's it, tortured that's really that's reaching. really reaching <laughs> It's grasping at straws. I mean, but I guess that's what that's part for the course in a in a game whose whose world is called Thetis, right? Yeah, which is the dumbest. And that's what this is. trailer is for. Yeah. Actually, is just Thetis for Thetis. those Thetis for those who don't know stands for the Dragon Age setting. Yeah, that's what they called it during <laughs> development, and it's never changed the name. I do the one thing I do like about I mean, it does look nice. Um, the, the few the, shots the, the you get few, to see of the engine, yeah. But it also like the imp- implying that we're going to some of these uh, area, these war, these lands or countries or kingdoms that have been talked about in the other games that we've never been to. That's that's cool. Yeah, I, I'm into that. But I would be more into it if I knew I was going to play it before I die. Yeah, those couple in engine shots do look pretty good though. Yeah, that actually do show what the world looks like. So and this is the. Uh, I guess we're not getting anything. <laughs> On uh, uh, on Thursday. No, guess not. Um, That's the other thing too. A lot of the stuff we're talking about here in housekeeping are things that are probably not going to appear. Yeah. Although I was awards. right about GTA Six not being a Game Awards thing. They were going to put it out were right. You? I said right before it. They you did say it, that. They're going to put it out right before it, and then maybe they'll talk about it. Or yeah, I mean, there still it. might be something in the show on Thursday. Yeah, but they the trailer's supposed to go up today, which yeah. is before. Right. I'm oh, like, yeah. I said. I think I said like two or three days before. Game, I game mean, Awards. Let's be honest, They'll put that up, and then Jeff's going to have to sit there with not having any GTA 6 in the show. That's all anybody wants to fucking talk about. You really have to wonder how Jeff feels. He did you know, tweet it and retweet yeah. the thing and be like, hey, well, he this looks to. amazing. This is like, but yeah, I mean, Jeff is a savvy enough marketing head that he knows. I mean, it's two days before his biggest event of the mm-hmm. year, and Rockstar would not give him that to run in yep. his show. A little bit of humble pie there, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, well, like, I, can, I will can say it forever. Like, Rockstar can do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. And every once in and a it while. it works. Every once in a while, they throw their way. There was, was there any reason to put that trailer out two days before the Game Awards? No. They really They could do it any time they wanted. Mm-hmm. But they did it then. They did. Interesting. And maybe for a reason. Mm-hmm. I know Rockstar pretty well. Maybe for a reason. Um, so anyway, there you go. Dragon Age Dreadwolf, the next Dragon Age. We get a full reveal around E3 time next year. Um, and then let's just cross our fingers that it actually comes out next year. I would be pretty surprised if that happens, but we'll see. Um, next up in housekeeping, um, Alan Wake 2. The folks at Remedy announced this week that Alan Wake 2 will be getting a new Game Plus before the end of the year. Um what do you think that might be? I don't know. Probably, I guess going... Because it's a, not an open world game, so it's not like they can throw you back out into the open world and just I mean, let I you have fun. I imagine just keeping all your items, like starting with the weapons. And... You mean play the game over again with all the stuff you've collected through yeah, your first playthrough? That's usually what it is in a survival horror game. Yeah. I mean, survival horror games, tons of them have new game pluses. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're right. Usually it's just like it's a little harder... 
but they give you like all the stuff that you earned. Mm -hmm. Typically, that's how it works. Or like you unlock special things that are basically cheats. This gun, this game in particular, though, is not like weapon or item driven. I mean, I wouldn't mind playing it with with infinite ammo. Yeah, just to just to burn be able to through just it. kick back yeah. and burn through it. Yeah. Maybe some cheat codes and stuff like that might work. But it seems a little bit odd for a new game plus, but people who love the game, I'm sure yeah. they're happy about it. Like if I was going to do like a remedy verse playthrough, I would maybe prefer to have that there to go through a little easier. That's a good point. Yep. So anyway, if you're a fan of Alan Wake 2, and it is one of the Game of the Year contenders at the Game Awards, uh, you got new stuff coming before the end of the year. And my guess is most people have finished it by now because it's not a very long game. Uh, another piece of housekeeping. Again, I told you it was a busy, busy week for news. Um, we also got the first look at the Fallout TV show this week. Again, we're not able to show you the trailer of the Fallout TV show. It is coming from Amazon Prime. It is launching April 12th. Did you watch it, Matt? Yeah. So the first time I watched it, I watched it with the sound down. My wife was talking to me. It was playing on YouTube on my TV. And I kind of paid attention to it. I thought it looked kind of cheesy and corny without the audio on. Then, later that night, I watched it with the audio on, and it was vastly better. Yeah. It, it's really weird, actually. Try it. Watch that trailer without, and it almost looks like something you and I shot with, like, handy cams at times. Like, mm. but again, when you get the sound design in there, and the voice acting, and you can hear all the sound, it, it's like watching a completely different trailer, and I think it looks great. Um, I'm really encouraged by what I've seen of the Fallout show from Amazon. What about yeah, you? I mean, it looks like Fallout. Yeah. Like, anything I can identify on site as what you're trying to make make uh, is good these yeah. days. Um, we'll see. Like I, you It's know. canon also, by the way. Yeah. I mean, fall, the Fallout world is big enough that you can... You can do that. Did you notice at the beginning it has from the mind of Todd Howard? <laughs> yeah. I found that kind of funny. That is pretty funny. His name is like the whole size of the mm -hmm. screen. So you can see he's trying to especially, make his... Especially because Fallout's Fallout predates Todd Howard. Right. I, I love Todd Howard. Yeah. But there were two... Bethesda didn't just decide to name Fallout 3 3 because they like the number 3. Yeah. It's because there were games before it this appears to be an obvious ploy to for him to get himself on equal footing with people like kojima and Neil Somewhat, Druckmann. I, I think it's more because that way he gets paid for it yeah and man man's about to retire Consul i mean he's money. probably consulted on everything if for it's sure. canon i would hope that he wrote the I mean, plot outline yeah i mean or he's approving it like yeah i mean he should be involved in that stuff yeah um and look, this is, I mean, you watch that as clearly the Bethesda Fallout. Oh, like yeah. The, you know, the pre-Bethesda Fallout was a very different it was tone a and different a very beast. different idea. Yep. Um, it all kind of, there's room for all of that in Fallout. You know, Fallout yeah. can be a lot of things. It can be tragic. It can be dramatic. It can be silly. It can be ridiculous. It can be comedic. It can be absurd. Uh, that's kind of the genius of the setting mm -hmm. is that almost anything works. And even from the very beginning, the first one, you know, you had flying saucers crashing in the desert at random events. And say, you can go anywhere with the thing. Mm -hmm. um, the people that complain about the, the canon of Fallout or whether this, I'm like, I, I've, been here, I've been here since day one. <laughs> uh, anything can happen in Fallout. Seriously. Anything. You really can. Like, you want to open a portal and have fucking Skyrim guys run through? Done. Yeah. Like, you can do that. I like, mean, the only canon really is that it's just post-apocalyptic yeah post that's really it it's and they're all in vaults it's 50 it's 50 sci-fi atom punk post-apocalyptic yeah. that's all it needs to be yeah. that's all as long as it looks like something that could be in like a disney special from 19 the 1950s <laughs> blow it up with an atom bomb boom you got a fallout thing it's true i will say it's funny to me how the the ghouls get like 
prettier every every installment. Uh-huh. Like if you go back to the original Fallout's, the ghouls are monster. Like they're, uh, yeah, they're the monstrosities are falling yeah. out. Of, and now like the ghoul in that trailer is like kind of humany, kind of a good looking dude. Like he's all right. his, <laughs> his nose is a little little short, but you know it's like yeah, really smooth skin for someone yeah. who has no moisturizer. Right. It's like, it's like, <laughs> Uh, so, again, a reminder that that starts on Amazon Prime on April 12th. The trailer's up on Sifted if you want to check it out. I think most people who are fans of Fallout will be pretty happy with what they see there. Uh, next up, recently we've we've discovered how the publishers are now trying to skeeve people out of their money in an entirely new way with DLC. This actually started with Take-Two, which is being sued right now in a class action lawsuit for it. And now this has happened with Capcom with Street Fighter VI outfits. And what publishers are doing now, Matt, is they are allowing you to buy their fake currency in bundles that will not pay specifically for the things that you want. So basically, they make you pay for more virtual currency than the thing that you want to buy. And then you have this currency left over that they know most people are never going to spend, mm. and then Capcom just keeps the money, or Take-Two just keeps the money. They're just trying to make you uh, use that lowest common denominator thing you never thought you'd use that you learned in right. school. <laughs> I don't understand why this is, a con- this is a controversy now, because this has been going on for literally a decade. It has been going on for like, a while. Like, they did this in 5. Yeah. Like, this This was how 5 worked. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, you've got to do the in-game currency on this one, too, and there was more of a real money, like, you can buy packs on the PlayStation Network store separately, but it's like, this is this this ain't new. This is how all these microtransaction games have worked forever, especially the weird, like, free-to-play MMO things. Lord of the Rings Online did this like there was no fucking tomorrow, and probably still does. I think that game still exists. It's a real so does, So does SWOTOR. So, you know, you want to get specific packs for things in SWOTOR? Nothing adds up properly. It's the pricing. So you got to price it at even intervals. So mm-hmm. you got to price it at like 5, 10, 15, 20, and then let people buy the currency at 5, 10, 15, 20. Instead, what they do is they charge 325 and only let people buy the $5 bundle of the currency. So there's $1.77 that will never be spent. It's it's mm-hmm. like, what was the movie where they were just stealing a penny out of everybody's bank account and it all added up? Office space. Yeah, it's kind of the same concept as that. Yeah, but like, but this finally, is- the law is starting to take these publishers to task. Well, consumers are. I don't know if that's, that would be a very interesting case. Because it's just like, I mean, it's just outfits. Like, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. Yeah, I mean, you have the choice it's to buy It's not like they're anything. selling you gameplay idea concepts or expansions or anything. Like, or, you know, I mean, even back, I mean, backgrounds don't really matter. Like, stages mm-hmm. don't really matter in Street Fighter. There are, like, Tekken stages matter. Other fighters, for sure. Yeah, there are other fighters where the, the where stages are more, more gameplay. Dead or alive. Yeah. 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 Um... I don't know. I, I mean, it's 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 scummy, but the answer to that is don't do it. Yeah. Like, don't so you don't think that they'll win the case against Take Two? I don't see how. Yeah. I mean, it's it's. I don't. I just don't see. I don't see what's what could be illegal about that. It's just like it's it's scummy. You're right. Like, what law does it actually? What break? law is broken by doing that? Like that's. Yeah, it, I can eh. see where consumers might reach out to like a consumer protection agency because you're like, this sucks. How do we stop it? Well, we contact the consumer protection agency. But ultimately, you're right. They have to have broken a law or there's nothing the legal system is going to yeah. do. And yeah. is it ridiculous that if you want to buy all the outfits for Street Fighter 6 so far, it costs more than the game did? Yeah, yeah of course it is. <laughs> but, but again, like, you but just I, don't buy it. But also it's like, who's using all those outfits? Like, 
I use maybe four characters in that game. Yeah. And I don't even like most of the outfits they put up for them. Like, I would yeah. buy maybe one of Chun-Li's and one of Guile's. Yeah. But you can't. You have to buy the whole bundle of all. That's another thing that's skeevy. Mm-hmm. It's like you can't just buy the outfit for your main. You have to buy out in that right, but backpack again, in particular. I think that's two outfits right. for all the launch characters right, or whatever. Right, but that, again, is... That's how Five did it as yeah. well. That's largely how most of those you know, anime fighters do it. That's Maybe how. the idea, Matt, isn't necessarily why is this? Too... Why is it suddenly a problem? Right. Because, I mean, I, well, every, every fucking off. mobile game. People does are getting that. fed up. I think is what it is. I guess. But and look, maybe even if they can't be held legally accountable, maybe what the consumers are hoping is that dragging Capcom and Take Two through this process may convince them to change their strategies. Sort of, but I mean, Andy T. Monahan makes a good point. What's it say in the terms of service? Because I bet that terms of service says that that's how it works, and if you don't like it, don't play it. Yeah. Like, is there a more friendly way to do it? I mean, would I rather just be able to go, like like with Street Fighter V, you could just, you know, for $19.99, you just go get the pack on PlayStation Network, I don't have to deal with the fight money or whatever the hell that is. There's no reason that you can't or should not be able to buy the exact amount of fake currency that you need. Like, even if it's Mm -hmm. like... $2.79, $2.79, you should be able to buy, pay buy $5.81 of the fake currency to right. pay exactly what you I mean, want. The fake There's curren- no reason why. Sure, I mean, the fake currency should only be there to earn for free. Right. You know, or, if you're going to pay for it, you should be able to pay for it to a penny, the exact well, amount that you well, need. But, they see, but that's kind of it. Is like If you're doing that, why not just buy it with money? You know, there's no reason for that fake currency to exist for a well, money Well, the fake thing. currency exists so that they can do what they're doing. Right. Yeah. But, again, the fake currency also exists so that you can earn it for free. Like, that's where the fight money existed was because you could get that just by playing the game for free. Or so people can ask for gift cards. Because isn't yeah. the point with all my nieces and nephews, all they want now are cards for Fortnite and Roblox and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Like, that's all they want now is fake currency. Yeah. It's really kind of crazy. But I could all, you know, it's... It, that's everything's like that like you can't buy even if you're buying like you know credit on like uh um on the the e-shop or steam or anything like you're still buying in five dollar increments not exactly what you want to pay for with they, the gift but right card. but that should change like you should be able to just pay i mean it's not hard right, math but, <laughs> but if you're but if you're just paying then you're just paying there's no right. gift card involved yeah no i get that but like yeah. that's that's how gift cards work no i get that yeah but like it's just I, it's it doesn't good luck yeah that's all i can say it's yeah, like i don't, to see I don't think there's any the, the the only winning move there is not to play if it bothers you it doesn't bother me yeah. in part because i don't generally do that i don't either i don't, I don't buy no. any dlc hardly ever also or maybe i don't know just uh, who fucking cares if you've got 80 80 micro bucks left over or whatever right. it's like yeah it costs money but it costs you like about as much as if the vending machine ate your quarter you know <laughs> it is wasted money it is but and like, it, like we said it adds up you got a million does. people buying this stuff everybody leaves a dollar in there a dollar fifty in there you just made a million dollars but it's like again it's different if it's like that's the game but it's not the game it's an extraneous outfit that yeah. You know, either you like it or you don't. Yeah. And I guess it doesn't, you know, whatever. I by do, the way, those suits are up, by the way. If you yeah. want to buy new outfits for Street Fighter Six, that pack is up right now. I do prefer to, like, you know, just like the way Five did. It just if I, I can do it through the fight money or I can just go on the PlayStation Store and buy the pack. What they should have, Matt, is a character pass. So if you figure out mm-hmm. who your main is, you just subscribe to that character for X amount of dollars and you get everything from that character. That yeah. seems would make more sense. And then if you want to charge $120 for a full character pass for everybody. Right. Right. There you go. You can buy that too. Yeah. But, but that's not going to happen. But they're either. trying to do the Fortnite model where, <laughs> yeah. like, that way. You know, I, I mean, I don't know how many kids are playing Street Fighter 6. I guess 
not a ton, some, but some. some, yeah. But the amount it's sold has to be a fair amount, I would think. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know, like that's just how everything works like that. That's how mobile games have worked for 15, 20 years now. It's yeah, just, unfortunately, you can't always hold people legally accountable for crappy things that they do. Yeah. If there's no law to stop it, there's like, nothing you like, can do. You know what else is crappy? The odds in roulette. Right. Like, don't play it. <laughs> exactly. That's a good point. That's a good point to end it on. Uh, next up, just a couple more pieces of housekeeping before we get to Grand Theft Auto 6. Um, so, appropriately, we just got the first look at Grand Theft Auto 6 in the last 24 hours. If you remember, Dan Hauser left Rockstar Games, one of the Hauser brothers. I guess it's been, what, two years ago now? Maybe. I don't it feels know. like it's been about that long. And he was the guy who handled a lot of the writing, the character development, and the overarching plot for pretty much all Rockstar's games. Well, he left, and nobody knew what he was doing. Well, we finally figured out exactly what he's doing. And I don't think anybody's going to be all that excited to find out that Dan Hauser has launched a new company called Absurd Ventures, and they are not making video games, Matt. Their first projects are a graphic novel and a podcast, basically. It's like an audio story or whatever, which is just basically a podcast. And this is their debut trailer, which is just one of the weirdest things that I've seen in a really long time. It's all like file footage of like old technologies. And then these weird messages from Absurd Ventures like spliced in. It's really bizarre. Um, Do you think they'll eventually make games, Matt? Do you think Dan is over it? It seems like he's over it. It sure does. (laughs) It seems like he doesn't have a whole lot of interest in making games because it's like, okay, you announce your new venture. It feels like if you wanted to make games, the first thing you should probably announce is your game. I don't know. I mean, this is certainly cheaper to make than a game. Yeah. Again, Dan is a writer. There are better things to do than do the Calypso Protocol style. Like, we're going to spend obscene amounts of money on our first game and then close the company immediately after because it didn't do mm-hmm. magically become a you know overnight success. Yeah. But the other thing is, Dan is not a developer. He is a writer. That is mm-hmm. what he did. He and his brother were the perfect tandem because he handled all the writing and the creative side of it, and then his brother handled the actual nuts and bolts of development, making sure the team was getting stuff done on time, although someone could argue he may not be too good at that job. Here we sit a decade after the last Grand Theft Auto. Um, But they were a perfect team, and now he's off on his own, and it doesn't surprise me all that much that he's just writing. That's what Mm -hmm. he's good at. That's what he does, and that's what pretty much all these projects are so far. Well, here's hoping he comes up with some ideas that aren't the same things that he did for over and over again for 10 years oh, you don't GTA. like teenage uh potty humor matt no I, I i think we had it's we had our fill by vice city and it was weird to me that it just never really evolved from there yeah and to the point that five was kind of embarrassing in that yeah. regard the fact that five still had lazlo on the radio was just sort of like guys yeah move on you're not getting the message like, yeah so anyway, that's what Dan Hauser's up to. I know it's disappointing. It's not all that exciting, but look, he's made his money. At this point in his life, he can just do whatever the hell he wants to do to enjoy. He doesn't have to work. No. I kind of just commend him that he started anything because he's probably worth like a couple hundred million dollars, like I maybe doubt, more. I doubt that. Really? Yeah. The founder of Rockstar Games isn't worth two hundred million dollars. Yeah, he not. is. I doubt it. Yeah, he is. I no, guarantee he you're is. overestimating the kind of dividends you would get from that kind of it's thing. It's not dividends. It's sales. Selling the studio to take two. Yeah, that was a long time ago. It was. How you're, much did they actually, pay? you're right. How much did they pay for you're that? You're right. They did sell it so long ago, they may not have got paid out all that much. No, this certainly wasn't worth what it is now. But if you think about just the royalties for Grand Theft Auto V alone, Matt, I mean, he may have made $100 million off that by itself. 
Yeah. I mean, you sell that many copies of it. I mean, the the estimate seems to be around a hundred million. He's worth a hundred million. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds about right. Some of the higher. You figure if he makes a dollar off of every copy of GTA Five, which is not a stretch, that's a hundred and eighty million dollars right mm-hmm. there. And after tax, that gets you down to a hundred. So I guess it all makes sense. So. Although there you you, go. you're not sure how much of that is liquid, how much it's of true. that isn't, is, is, you know, you don't know what's there. It's true. Yeah. Um, you, you, you invest $100 million and you get paid, you're in, you know, in a, in a safe investment scheme, you're going to pay out maybe around 3%. So you're making about 300 grand a year. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's insane. It's, it's that kind of money just boggles the mind. More like 3 million a year, I guess, but then you lose half that to tax. I mean, he's yeah. not starving. Yes, I think anywhere. he'll be fine. But just everyone's like, "Oh, he's 100 million dollars. He could start his own space program." It's like, "No, no. Like, like, that's not, not really that how kind it of works. money." Yeah. yeah. Yep. Unless you're stupid and like a lottery winner and you spend all of it on houses for everyone you know and then it's all gone. Right. That that's kind of the, the And that happens the, to some people. Oh, that happens to most lottery yeah, winners. That really a, does. Yep. But I'm assuming He's you know, a little smarter than he's that. He's a little smarter than that. Yeah, I, I think he has more business sense than that. Yeah. Although, looking at that trailer, uh, mm. Yeah. <laughs> Although, that didn't cost $100 million. <laughs> no, that so cost like $5. But I guess if you want to be kind of the a combination of, like, I don't know, Wes Anderson. I don't An- know what that was. It's like a combination of Wes Anderson and, and, and Cronenberg. <laughs> yeah. Like, That's I don't, actually a pretty good description I gotta, of what that was. We'll probably never show that on Game Face again. <laughs> I wonder if that wonder if that's what he always wanted to do. Like, yeah, there it is, was, his dream. If that was like his dream game pitch, and they just nobody <laughs> they just ever went for it, it except him. And like awesome. now he's like, finally, I can do it as a, as a graphic novel. <laughs> right. Yep. Uh, next up, our next to last story in housekeeping for this week's episode is Fortnite. I teased it a little bit earlier. So this huge Fortnite event happened this weekend. And it was called the Big Bang event. It's basically a live Eminem performance, although it's not. It's all pre-done and, and, can, and pre-canned and whatnot. But when this was starting to like warm up, all my buddies from Philadelphia on our text message started, started texting me, being like, dude, my son, my daughter, my whatever, is trying to watch this thing on Fortnite, and they can't get in. They've been sitting there for three hours trying to get into this event, they can't get in. Can you do anything to help? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, man. I'm like, I know. call up Tim. Yeah, it's like. Give me their email. Well, they knew. So I was just there for my fantasy draft. So they know that I know people who work at Epic mm. Games. And so they're like, oh, Shane has connections at Epic Games. Maybe he can get my kids. And it was insane. Like literally millions and millions of people were not able to watch this that wanted to watch it. It was so bad that they did a re-airing of it at 11 it's a, it's p.m. It's a shame they missed the giant lava dick. Right. <laughs> they did a re-airing of it later on that night at like 11 p.m., which my friends let their kids stay up late to watch the re-airing, even though they could have just watched the archive on YouTube because they said that like it's not about watching it it's about experiencing it with their friends so they mm-hmm. can go to school and they can talk about how they were on Fortnite virtually together and they watched this thing right and then my like un- the thing from like 10 years ago where there like where new research has shown like if the if your kid doesn't play video games they are going to be the socially weird the weirdo one. yeah it's true it's totally true um and so this thing was megaton gigantic it lasted for 10 minutes and it's all that build up for like 10 minutes 
But the kids, man, it's like if they, they don't see it live and they don't experience it with their friends and do their little emotes while the stuff's going on, it's like they've completely missed out and they're like mm-hmm. a social outcast. It is crazy. Because, man, when I was their age, I was a social outcast for liking video games. It's just awesome how the tables have turned. It is amazing that our society has finally come to it. And I saw it coming. That's why I got into this in the first place. When I was in college, I was like, should I do video games or should I do sports? And I was like, video games are going to explode and become mainstream. I was right about that. I never could have dreamed that something like this would happen, though, where America's youth are completely enraptured in this virtual online thing that happens in this goofy third person cartoony shooter. I never could have guessed that. If somebody told me that way back then, I'd have been like, you're crazy. But I saw it first. I would have been like, wait, so you can all be online at the same time? Right. <laughs> it's like, let's start there. Exactly. Um, Fortnite should do a lot more of this. I do wonder if the more they do it, if it loses a little bit of its impact. But I mean, like, what was the, was this an out, there's an outcome to this or just an, a thing that happened? Yeah. I mean, it, what happens with these things is, is this what they, kicked off that season? It kicks two off thing? like the new season every time. Where they did all, there's like new animations or everything. Yeah. Looks so, a like at different. the end of this and at the end of almost all of these events, you see like, so the OG thing was the thing that launched it first. In all these events, you see the old thing leave and the new thing come. Basically, like literally the OG world like gets sucked into like a vortex or whatever, and then whatever the next season is appears, and then the kids are like, Oh, there's what's we're gonna be playing for the next month or whatever, and they get behind it, they get excited about it. It's pretty ingenious mm-hmm. and what a moneymaker this is. Come a long way from building a wooden room to save yourself against zombies. Yeah. I'll be honest, the thing that really shocked me the most and impressed me the most of this whole thing was the facial animation for the rappers while they were rapping (laughs) was amazing. Like they enunciate every syllable with with the facial animation. It's incredible. I was like, to me, that was the most impressive thing. The kids were just like, whatever, like... But this is just a money-making machine for Epic. That would Epic. be a good reaction video thing. Would probably be to show show kids who play Fortnite the original Fortnite trailer, right? And see if they can det- det- tell what it even it. is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, my one uh, my one buddy, his son's like a huge gamer, and he started rattling through all the events that his son has been to. He's like, "Well, he was there for the marshmallow," and he just he knew all of them. And it just, he was telling me, he's I like, "I mean, that's good though. Like a parent involved in what their kid is yeah. participating. That's how you should do it, right?" And he, I mean, he was like basically saying like, Shane, these are big events for me. My kids Mm -hmm. get me wrapped up in this stuff and I get excited for it and I can't wait to experience it with them, which is great. That sounds like a good dad. I mean, look, we give Epic a lot of crap pretty regularly here on Game Face, but this is one thing that I feel like it's done that is just brilliant. And it will just keep. You can't argue with the handling of Fortnite. Yeah. It'll just keep generating huge. This is the metaverse, Matt. This Mm -hmm. is it. Fortnite did it. Yeah. Meta failed at the metaverse. Ironically, Fortnite's done the it. The thing is, the, meta, the metaverse has been around since 1994. Yeah. Like, the metaverse was also uh, AOL chat rooms. Mm-hmm. The metaverse is also group chats on Xbox 360. Mm-hmm. The meta, you know, that anything like that is that's... that's then Second Life and blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, so the problem yeah. with the metaverse is described by something like, you know, like meta or anything like that. It's like... Okay, so you think the big innovation is that we're going to have to walk more places now? Right. Like, so like, <laughs> like, why wouldn't I just want to go where I go? It's, yeah. it's like it's like they think that like people want to live in here, and it's like oh, there's like descriptions of like oh, you can go, you can go use your AR thing to go order food at McDonald's, and the the cashier wearing the AR thing sees you like you're really there at the counter, but you're at home, and then they I'm like okay, so what? 
Like, yeah. and someone still has to drive that food to me, or I have to drive to that food. One yeah, or the yeah. other. Like, it doesn't make any difference. This is real, by the way. There is actually going to be a racing game inside Fortnite with the next season. <laughs> Which is I mean, kind of crazy. Nice, it's nice to see them kind of finally taking advantage of the fact that the Unreal Engine can do anything. Well, also, yeah. um, the studio that makes Rock Band, which they bought, and people are like, right. why did you buy that? There is also going to be a music and rhythm game mm-hmm. in the new season of Fortnite. So now Epic well, also, is starting to leverage these other studios. Also, a lot of the stuff you see in this really feels like harmonics. Yeah, like the, it the, really the, does. The style has a uh-huh. lot of harmonics to it. Absolutely. And the integration of music with, I mean, I'm sure those the harmonics people are integral to these of all these events absolutely I, be, I bet they handle most of this stuff yeah. when you're working with the music artists because they've already worked with them they already have the relationships mm-hmm. and they've already gone through all the checks and balances with the artists to make sure that they yeah. look good and like they I'm sound sure, good like i'm sure that like fortnite is not a hard sell to most musical artists no. everybody knows what so it like, is you want me in fortnite I, hell yeah but i bet if you are you're interested in that and you're now talking to the guys you already negotiated with on rock band or whatever or, or rocksmith or whatever um, you're already going to like uh, Rockstar's Ubisoft, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're already dealing with people that you have a relationship with, maybe you're more open to like doing something more ambitious. Yeah. So. But it is really just a master class in how to leverage your mm-hmm. video game to generate revenue beyond the game itself. Um, Epic is really kind of writing the story, honestly. I want to go back to um, when Eminem's first album came out and show him this. I mean... I'm, I want you to guess... Why you are rapping to a cartoon fish. Yeah. <laughs> because no one wants to hear you rap anymore. <laughs> Let's be honest, his career is kind of in the crapper. I was, I did think it was a little weird. Like, okay, like the kids are super, but are the kids in Eminem? I don't think they even know who he is. That's, That's, yeah, that was kind of my question. Well, the other question for me was like, what song is he going to do that is okay for kids to right. listen to? What was it? <laughs> I don't even know. And then, I mean, I guess there's an element of, like, uh, the kids will be into whatever Fortnite tells them to be into. Mm-hmm. That's sort of how MTV worked back That's in true. the day. Yeah, for us, it was that way with MTV, for sure. So, anyway, um, if, th- oh, here's no. the thing. Yeah. It's Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> She's here to stop it. Here's the thing. If you have kids, the stuff I've been saying, you know all about it. Because they're all into this. They're all doing this. Mm-hmm. They're all sitting on hold trying to get into these things. It I mean, is that's a thing. pretty cool, like, what's yeah. happening there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Absolutely, and it's like it's like a you know I don't know if you've seen like the the the, the like the skibbity toilet stuff and all the weird no. YouTube sh- like the, the weird YouTube shit that kids watch now. No, it's, like, it's like crazy, crazy like um, it looks like it looks like I don't know like Gary's mod on acid stuff. Oh. Some of it may actually be Gary's mod, but it's like guy. <laughs> there's like this guy like whose head pops out of a toilet and yells things, and like there's like no. there's like they're on like episode like three hundreds. I've never it, seen it. Like, it's the hottest <laughs> thing, but like it's it's this, this kind of stuff, like this stuff they're doing here. It's like that stuff. It's like that absurdist like what the fuck is going on thing except uh-huh. with a huge budget and, qu- and production quality wow like that's th- this this reminds me of that in a in a way of like what if like functioning adults made this with a budget this is the facial animation i was talking about if you can hear him rapping it is literally like perfect it's maybe the best facial animation real time i've seen in a game ever like um, lip sync kind of thing yeah yeah that's Lip sync's gotten a lot better, but it is a, it's still a tough nut to crack for rapping yeah. in particular. They did an amazing. I mean, job. I don't even know what he's saying, and I can see that those those lips are forming actual words. Yep. Yeah. So I would say I was that pretty impressive. impressed with it. I don't have kids, so I haven't been kind of swept up in the whole mania of the big Fortnite live events. But I'm just telling you, if you're like me and you don't know what's going on there, it is gigantic. 
gigantic. It's also really just interesting to see Fortnite. So yeah, the Surly Mexican. My son watches that crap. He has a sweatshirt and toys about them. Yeah. There, there's a one of the one of the companies that I that makes like the like really like good Godzilla and like like robot toys are making a line of the Skibbity toilet characters because they did uh, they did a series of, they did a story arc where there were like giant mech versions of the toilet people <laughs> running around and they're doing them all as like these really detailed figures now. wow it's crazy anything to make a buck um that's how you make most of the money actually is off of that crap and not actually off your actual mm-hmm. product it's kind of funny how like, i'm not i i don't want to show it to you because i'm not going to put that shit in my algorithm right like yeah. otherwise it's all seen yeah, for the next be, two weeks it's flooded that's funny <laughs> So anyway, there you go. That's the latest on Fortnite. And then our final story for housekeeping today is an update on Elden Ring DLC. I think people had forgotten that there was DLC even coming for Elden Ring. It's pretty rare for a game to launch and there'd be this long of a layoff before we get the DLC for the game. But this week, From Software shared that development is going great. They haven't had any problems or any hiccups, so don't worry about it. But Oh, yeah, it's going real well. It's like, oh, this is going to be a long time. Yeah, but it's still not coming, quote, unquote, for a while yet. Mm -hmm. So when do you think we're going to get this story? It may be like next holiday season, it feels like. 2025. Really? You think that long? I think it'll be spring. Wow. Woo, dog. I mean, that doesn't surprise me all that much. Because it didn't sound like they're in any hurry. That sounded like a long time. I mean, he didn't even say next year. No. He said a while. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I wonder if people will care at that point. Probably. My theory is that this thing is big. Oh, yeah. I mean, it feels like it's going to be almost like a second campaign. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think people will care? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. If they have to pay for it, do you think they'll care? Yeah. Yeah? For sure. I think we're still waiting to see what happens with, like, Elden Ring 2. To see if all the people that bought the first one will line up for the next one. It'll be interesting to watch. Well, when it's on the PS6, we'll see what they say. Yeah. Because you're right. That's... That's what's gonna happen. We're not gonna see it for a long flipping time. Um, although I will say, From Software typically is pretty good about getting his sequels out. It usually doesn't spend too long trying to get the next. Yeah, game but out. they've never had anything like this yeah, before. It's a completely different yeah. beast from Dark Souls and Demon Souls. So, um, anyway, looks like the wait goes on for Elden Ring DLC. If you're someone who's been waiting for it, you're gonna be waiting for a while longer. The good news is we've had all these awesome games. To fill that void since then. Yeah, all the people are like earlier this year was like, oh, they're going to shadow drop the DLC at the Game Awards. I'm just like, do you people live in the same reality I do? <laughs> yeah. Why would That's you... not happening, by the no. way. No. Why yeah. would you do that? Like, they're not even going to show it for a long time, I don't think. Yeah. Um, I will be interesting. I think even maybe this DLC, if they wait for so long, could maybe be that first litmus test, though, Matt, where... It's like if people don't buy the DLC, that may show that, you know, mm-hmm. people were like, oh, Elden Ring's the big thing, and then I bought it, and then they didn't like it all that much. We'll see. Um, I would love to see the completion percentages for that game to see how far the average person made it before they mm-hmm. threw in the towel. I think, I think, I think the, Can you find that? The trophies usually are a pretty good oh, indication right. of that. You're right, actually. That is a pretty good indicator. Um, Mike's Q says, sequels come soon from from. Tell that to us Bloodborne fans. That's actually a good point, man. You're right. Although here's the thing, like I don't think they ever promised a sequel to Bloodborne. I don't think that From ever mentioned anything like that, did it? Uh, what? Like a Bloodborne two? No. And Sony no. didn't either. No, so that's Sony's property, so they'd have to do it. They'd have to write yeah. it. So that's all wishful um, thinking on fans' part. Uh, Steam achievements 
almost 50% of Elden Ring players have finished the game once. Wow. Way that higher, blows my mind. Way higher than any other AAA game on Steam and even higher than previous From Software games. That blows my mind. What about PlayStation trophies, though? That seems like a better indicator to me. Um, 40, 43%. Wow. That blows then, my mind. 7.9% of Elden Ring players have completed 100% and gotten the platinum. <laughs> That's insane. 7.9% of players on PlayStation have, that have, is have insane. done that. That's ridiculous. That shocks me. The 40% or whatever shocks me. Because that's way higher than most games. Not even, like, close. Like, way higher than most games. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's amazing. That's some good data. Um, okay. That's it for our housekeeping for today's episode. But as always, this is our chance to check in with you guys and see what y'all are saying. Let me get it pulled up here. 30% of players on PlayStation 5 have... Uh, or, no, Steam. 30% of people on Steam have finished Sekiro. Wow. That's higher than normal. Yeah, it is. Froms fans are hardcore. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, okay, let's check in with you guys and see what you're up to on this fine Tuesday. By the way, uh, level 125 is what's considered like competitive in Elden Ring. Oh. If you want to like do PvP uh-huh. in the game. <laughs> Forget that. <laughs> I never made it there. Um, Craig Slugga, his first time ever chatting for Game Face. And here, oh, I guess it's a he if it's Craig. Says Eminem, another sign of stuck culture. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a, I was actually never a big Eminem fan. It is a little weird that they brought him back. It does feel a little bit like. I the people it. who work on Fortnite, they yeah. wanted him in there. I mean, I liked him. <laughs> I liked him well enough. I, but to me, he's a ve- he's very, very much a two thousand thing. You know, he's of a, he's of the time to me. Yeah. In the same way that like Dre and Snoop's like you know their their heyday of gangster rap stuff, you know, yeah. the Chronic and all that is early nineties. Yeah, I love that though. Yeah, but not so much with the uh, and the funny part was he was a part of their crew too like that's oh, where yeah, he came yeah. from Eminem I appreciate Eminem's uh, ability to internal rhyme yeah those are the, that's a lot of a lot of his uh, his rhyming schemes are very in, very difficult oh like, yeah hell yeah um, I can't do it as, no some, as someone who studied enough poetry in college I'm just like this is real like, he's no bone, bone thugs in harmony in terms of his complexity but he's 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 good yep I just doesn't mean you'd have to like him yeah I mean it doesn't mean the music does it for you yeah but i I like him as a writer usually silk snake asks have i tried i guess he's asked if i tried fortnite they basically turned parts of it into cod i played the last season i played was in 2020 i think and i actually did a report here on game face about it because i like wanted to check it out to see if Mm -hmm. it had changed much and it hadn't changed that much at that point i don't remember the last time i I don't even know if i lived in this house the last time i played fortnite the jbone 29 says you are burying the lead of a lego survival game in fortnite i actually didn't see that news oh yeah that was that was what the lego section there is is they're putting in some kind of like lego building survival build a cabin thing that was that was why there were people putting up lists of all the (laughs) it was people putting up lists of all the licensed characters who had actual lego mini figures in real life (laughs) so if you wanted to go buy Mini figures of those characters for your kids if you if they played them or you wanted them is that was that was a thing yeah uh, the J Bone Twenty Nine also says I played the event with my kid at ten p.m. yep so did my friends they were sitting there with their kids going through the whole thing it's kind of awesome actually like I'm glad that they can like as you said connect with their kids on that level um, some of the stuff is in context of things we brought up uh, Major Tom ninety one I thought Dan has her handle more of the business end of Rockstar and Sam was more of the creative no Dan was the writer. Um, like Sam, I think was the, 
he led the taste stuff like mm-hmm. he's the one who decided like hey like let's poke at this part of pop culture let's poke at that and then dan was the one who actually had to make it happen he would do the writing around it and create the characters and all that kind of stuff so look i'm not saying that sam wasn't creative at all but Dan did the writing. Sam came up with some of the creative, but Dan had to make a lot Sam, of it happen. Sam seems like he kind of steered the tone. Yeah. Yep. And then he was like, write, monkey. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, sure. Write me things my brother I order around. And he's like, all right. Uh, sure, it says that Absurd Ventures is going to make games and that they're hiring for a pro- hiring for a proper art game art director right now. Well, that's right. encouraging so, to hear. So, yeah, so like I said, you start, you don't start with the thing that can break your company. You Nexatwa, thank up. you for gifting those subs to our chat. You are awesome. Um, Erebus Jones, you already yeah, you already commented on that. Um, Silk Snake says Fortnite makes you buy a thousand V bucks for an eight hundred V buck battle pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they all do it. It's a slimy thing that they're all doing. It's really a shame. Um, what else we How got? How come I here? can't buy seven eggs? Yeah, <laughs> if I if I don't need a dozen. Right. Actually, that's a good point. <laughs> um, what else we got in here? I mean, the answer is that virtual currency doesn't exist, and you can sell it in any denomination you want. But. Uh, Cinetai seems to believe that the new game plus for Alan Wake 2 won't be like every other new game plus. We'll see. I mean, that would be in character for Remedy, but we'll see. And for the game, honestly. It makes sense. Um, I don't think I can scroll up any further. That's a shame because a mm-hmm. bunch of people gave us Twitch Prime at the beginning of the show, and I can't go back and thank you. I might be able to see. Uh, there was a list of like 10 or 15 people at the beginning of the show. Yeah, I only go, mine only goes back to uh, Eric Cartman is saying, asking if Polaris is Magneto's daughter, which yeah. was during the uh, Witcher, Witcher section. Well, I'm sorry, people. I tried to go back and thank y'all. Um, but if you did, just give us Twitch Prime at the beginning of the show. Or since we did the last show, thank you. You guys know that I really appreciate that, and it means a lot. And I should also say um, that we just got our first payout since I brought up Twitch Prime to you guys on the show, and it went up. It, you guys listened and you did it. Thank you again. That money's really, really important to us and our bottom line. And you guys listened and you went. And more of you actually subscribe via Twitch Prime after I asked you to. Thank you. It makes a huge difference. Particularly getting that slightly bigger payout right before the holidays makes a big difference for us. Thank you guys. It really makes a difference. Please if, keep doing it. If you open, do you know how to open Creator View? No. On Twitch? If you open that, it shows you a list of everyone who's subbed and when. Oh. Oh, I can find that, like, on the like the dashboard for creators. Mm-hmm. I know where to find that. But in the middle of the show, it's not good to go there. So, But thanks, guys. You know that I really appreciate it. It means a lot to me that you guys do that. So thanks. Um, oh, here's a couple, actually. Contano, thank you. Not Cirque, thank you. A couple of you guys have snuck in here. Um... <laughs> Swanland. Snoop doesn't smoke anymore, so I can't think of him as Snoop anymore. That's actually not true. That was a stunt. That was a stunt for a product that he is, like, a spokesman for. It, he actually, he's, he's still the same old Snoop, so don't sweat it. <laughs> Maybe he was just joking, Swanland. I mean, even if he doesn't, even if he did stop smoking, he would still smell like marijuana for the rest, <laughs> Forever. For the rest of his life. It's coming like, out of his pores. Uh, the Surly Mexican asked, do you think they'll reveal the release date for Baldur's Gate 3 on Xbox at the Game Awards? Probably. Oh, yeah. I think it might even I, they, be they like... They pretty much said they're doing I think that. it might be like, it's available right now. I thing. don't think they'll do that. No? I, I think it'll be like December 5th, like next week. Okay. But like, yes, they, they pretty much outright said they're going to give you the release date for Xbox at yeah. the Game Wars. Um, Eth even says you should have went to my sports. Thing, it's more my stable. thing with Shadow Dropping Baldur's Gate 3 on Xbox is I imagine Jeff wouldn't want that because if 
if I was waiting for that game on Xbox, I would stop watching the Game Awards and go play Baldur's Gate 3. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, one Super Master Game, you guys going to do a Game Awards prediction segment. It is the last segment of today's show. Um, we might make it, we might not. It depends on how the rest of the show plays out. It could be cut, but it is, as of right now, the last topic of today's show. Um, Mike's Q, insert Father of the Bride rant about hot dog and bun quantity disparity. Okay. Um, Pharaoh Doll trying to help us with creator view. Um, MK Ness says, you need Steam Manager tabbed up so you can easily see the subs. You tend to miss a few per episode. Yeah. Maybe we'll fix that for next week. Majora Tom, thank you for Twitch Prime. That's awesome. Who else we got? That's it. Okay. All right, folks. We're ready to talk about Grand Theft Auto 6. But before we do that, Here's a word from our sponsor, Ellis Cream. Ellis Cream is a fine cream liqueur created by fellow gamer and sifter, Stevens Charles. It's inspired by an ancestral recipe from Haiti called Cray Mass, and a double gold winner for its original taste at the New York Wine and Spirit International competition. Ellis Cream can be enjoyed on the rocks or as a mixer for drinks with its rich blend of fresh cream and neutral grain spirits with notes of coconut, vanilla, cinnamon, and nutmeg. It's great in coffee or to make espresso martinis. To learn more, discover amazing drink recipes, or to track down your own bottle using a handy store locator, head to creamls.com slash sifted. That's creamls.com slash sifted. That's right. Get your ass to creamls.com slash sifted and get your cream ass. Get it right now. Get it for Christmas. I really can't think of a better liquor for Christmas, honestly. Mm. It's perfect. It mixes well with almost everything. All the drinks you're going to be drinking normally, you can put a little dap or two in your drink, spike it up a little bit. It's amazing. It's good cold weather. Yep. Drink. Yeah, which I will be dealing with whenever I head back to the East Coast. It mixes well with warm drinks. It mixes well with cold drinks. It mixes well with everything. I love like, LS Cream. It's like 64 here. You know, What'd you say? It's like 64 here. It's cold. Yeah, yeah. for us. <laughs> I hope we don't have a winter like we had last year where it rained for three months straight. <laughs> well, we're in that we're in that period in LA where it's like colder in your house than outside right, your house yeah, for yeah. some reason, and you're like, "What's it's weird?" <laughs> like you go outside yeah. to warm up. Yeah, Soundwizard's actually asking how much it would cost to ship it to Norway. Um, I don't know if Listeva is in the chat today, he but is. if you are, Listeva just noted that Easy Allies appears to be over. What? That the guy, the Easy Allies guys, said that they are looking for jobs. Oh, really? At the very least, is going part time. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm sorry to hear that. I think that broke while we were on. Oh, uh, Craig Slug, a second comment. Love watching you on Invisible Walls as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Make me feel old, bro. Uh, I, I, I was at a wedding a while ago where all these like twenty somethings were talking about how they grew up watching X Play. I was mm-hmm. like. Mm. <laughs> Great. He says, keep up the good work. I, I think you can count on that at this point. If you watched me as a kid and here I am still doing it, I think you can count on me keeping up the good work. But Craig, thank mm. you, man. People like you, you make my heart warm. People who have supported me through like the years. Like people that come up to me and are, are, are approach me online are like, I remember you from your GameSpot days. That really shakes me at my core. And when they start like 
talking about reviews that I wrote at GameSpot, then I'm like, mm-hmm. damn, okay. like Yeah, all that is a bit of a... I've watched old episodes of like X-Play and Extended Play and been like, man, what is this? I don't even remember this game. And then like halfway through the review, I'm like, oh, I wrote this. Yeah. <laughs> that happens to I me do. sometimes too, man. <laughs> I'm like, crazy. only I would make that joke. Like, I know I'll that. sometimes go through my old hard drive and I'll just go look at all my old reviews that I've mm-hmm. written. There are thousands of them. And yeah. I have like a folder with all my reviews in it. But also every once in a while, don't you find when you're like, that was, that's pretty good. Like I was, I was pretty oh, yeah. funny. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that happens. But also Matt, I find games... I do not even remember playing mm. at all. The PS2 era is the worst for And that. I played those games so for like 20 hours. And I can't remember yeah. anything. It's like it was just wiped out of my brain. Yeah, there was so much volume in P- on the PS1 and PS2 that you're just like, it's I, crazy. I have no memory yeah. of this place. <laughs> it's really nuts, man. But anyway, thanks to anybody who supported me all this time. You guys are all awesome. And that's how I'm still here is because of people like you, Craig. So thank you, man. Uh, Rock and Roll 458, thank you for Twitch Prime. Um, uh, Cinetyke. I remember Greg Kasavin's reviews on GameSpot, but I don't remember Shane at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. I was riding the high here, and you had to pour a big bucket of cold water on big me, Cinetyke. bucket of Kasavin on it all. <laughs> a bucket of Kasavin. <laughs> anyway, uh, Eric Carmenis, I love the Invisible Walls intro song. Yeah, it's pretty great, for sure. Um, well, that's unfortunate to hear about Easy Allies. I'm surprised there isn't more in our yeah, chat. Yeah. C-Note 51 says they're going part-time and Brad Ellis is leaving. Wow. Well, I already noticed that Mike Damiani, I think, had left because he has been appearing on their shows on like a computer monitor. So he may have moved away from L.A. already and moved somewhere else. I'm not sure what's going on there, honestly. I did notice that their metrics are down mm-hmm. like a lot. Um, a lot of their metrics are so I don't know Um, I hope that that's not true and I hope they're able to keep on going Um, but I will say this if anything you know if you are a big Easy Allies fan you're looking for a new home obviously we're here Um, we I think I trained those guys out of handle editorial I think you're going to probably get the similar vibes and stuff here as you would get there Damiani went back home Oh, he did to go te- home? To Texas. Oh, okay. Oh, that was what I saw. I did see that, like, yesterday or something that a bunch of Easy Allies guys were basically saying, like, we're all going, we're all moving out of L.A. Kind of thing. And no. I even got, I even got, I, this morning I got, uh, you know, the Facebook memory thing that comes up. It was a memory from, I think, 13 years ago of one of uh, Jeremy Hoffman's sweater parties. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the ugly Christmas sweater yep. party he used to have. And it's a picture of me, like, in the backyard and, like, on the, on the stoop with all the people in the backyard. And it's just, like, this sea of people who don't live in L.A. Anymore. Oh, like, yeah. I know almost everyone in the picture. I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know where half these people are now. They all left. They all left. It's so expensive yeah. here. It is insane. Like my cost of living. All the, all the career opportunities dried up here for, for that. That's gone. Yeah. And the cost of living has skyrocketed. Yeah. So in the last 14 months, the cost of living at my apartment where I have lived for forever 20, has gone 20 up. years next year. Yeah. Has gone up almost $1,500 a month. A month in 14 months. That's how the cost of living here is going up. Now you guys see why I'm begging you to do Twitch Prime. Because my cost of living has like skyrocketed in the last year. And it's coincided with a ton of loss on our Patreon and revenue. A ton of loss in up until this last month. A ton of loss in our Twitch Prime, which is free stuff, money to give. You can understand why I was a little frustrated the last time I talked about it. Because my costs are skyrocketing and our revenue is going in the opposite direction, which is the last thing that you want to have happen. So, um, by the way, you've been seeing that QR code up on the screen. If you want, if you're watching the show on YouTube and you've watched all year long and maybe you have ad blocker on, 
uh, you want to help us out financially, use that QR code that comes up on the screen. Just scan it with the camera on your phone. Tap the link. It'll take you to a place where you can donate money to us however much you want. I know a lot of people just want to give us like a chunk and don't want to have to go through the rigmarole of every month with Patreon or subscription services. So anyway, if you want to do that, when the QR code comes back up on the screen, just scan that with the camera on your phone and head over there. You can give us a dollar. You can give us whatever you want. Uh, you can pay with a credit mm-hmm. card, PayPal. Where is the QR code? What did you say? Well, I didn't want to put it up yet, but I guess uh. I will. <laughs> And we are about to move on into the show proper, so it's about that time to move on to our real lower thirds. We are about to talk about Grand Theft Auto 6. The trailer was supposed to debut this morning at 6 a.m. Pacific. Instead, it debuted last night because, as we mentioned earlier in the show, the trailer was leaked. So, Matt, the first thing that happened was some person on TikTok, I believe, actually ended up posting footage that is different from anything that's in the trailer. It's like... He was at a workstation, Mm -hmm. and he used his cell phone and basically took a shot of the whole open world of Grand Theft Auto 6. And that was it. The clip was like four or five seconds long. That was the beginning. And then ultimately, the entire trailer leaked, and that's when Rockstar went on his his Twitter account and was like, look, it's leaked. Go to YouTube and watch the trailer from us instead of watching it from these other people who are posting it. Um, And the trailer went up, and the rest is history. We've now had it for, I don't know, about 12 hours or something at this point. Mm -hmm. So we have plenty of time to digest it and look at it. I'm sure you guys have done the same. If you've been on Sifted, we've been curating a bunch of articles that analyze every little nook and cranny of the trailer. Matt, let's just start on a base level. What were your first impressions when you saw the trailer for the first time and saw the first ever footage of Grand Theft Auto 6? It looks about as good as I thought it would. Yeah. Despite everybody freaking out about that leak before. Yeah. And how that's... I don't know what... Yeah, of course. I mean, when people thought the game was not going to look very good. Yeah. And we told them they were idiots. Absolutely crazy. You mean that time? <laughs> um, the game technically looks gorgeous. Yeah. Do you think this is running on real hardware? Or is this workstation, PC, best I'll, case scenario I'll, I'll, footage? I imagine this is more or less hardware. You think it's running on like PS5? I think so. Yeah, they usually do. They've usually done that in the past. I like actually even, don't know. Even San Andreas used. To, they, they did it off of an actual PS2, as I recall. Like they don't. Use, they don't fake their stuff much. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they've ever been caught faking anything. I'm not no. insinuating that they do. It's just. I mean, maybe they should have in a couple of the definitive edition things. But well, the first thing we actually should mention is that this game is only announced right now for yeah. PlayStation Five and Xbox Series X and Xbox mm-hmm. Series S, which I was kind of surprised at. Yeah, we'll see what it looks like. Not officially announced for PC yet. However, remember, Grand Theft Auto V was also released only on consoles. It came to PC about 18 months Mm -hmm. after it was released on consoles. PC does not seem to be their their, uh, emphasis. Their priority. But what I was getting at is that this game is in development for PC, so it is very likely that they could have just pulled footage from the PC version. Yeah, but that's not really their M.O., I this think, game looks damn amazing. I think this is probably... <laughs> but they've always looked like that. I mean, even if you go back to the 360 PS3 on GTA 4, it looked way better than most stuff that was on the, the systems at the time, even that late. Yeah. Um, I have no problem believing this is this is PS5 footage. I'd be a little surprised. Maybe it might be... Maybe it won't run as smoothly. Right. But, like, I, I don't have a problem believing this is PS5 footage from Rockstar. Okay. Because um, it, it's not that good there's a couple shots in here that are photo real there's a couple like, shots where i was like whoa like the shot where she's at the window and turns and looks like that's yep. amazing the shot where they're storming out of the convenience store mm-hmm. after 
I would assume a robbery or whatever. That is literally like photorealistic. That shot's kind of photorealistic. Yeah. Some of the bunch of the social media ones look really good because because the social media stuff. We're looks already bad, used to it looking bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> seriously, it does make a difference for sure. Um, yeah, this this trailer is set to Tom Petty's song "Love Is a Long Road," an interesting choice for the song. Although it does appear that the relationship between the dual protagonists is going to be a big deal in the game. Mm-hmm. Do you, what I haven't figured out yet, Matt, is do you choose to play as one or the other, or is it a game where you're swapping back and forth as the story dictates? I'm not sure. It's hard. I can't tell. I would think you'd play one or the other. You choose at the beginning of the game yeah. to play as either the male or the female? I would think so. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. Which I w- would you prefer? I'd rather be Lucia. She seems more interesting. You'd rather choose Lucia and stick with her the whole time? Yeah. I just have flashbacks of Assassin's Creed Syndicate where every yeah. time they forced me to play Jacob, I just wanted to go <laughs> do something else. Yeah. Just because Evie was way more way more interesting. Yeah. The way, she seems way more interesting. I mean, she seems like the main character to some degree. Because it trailer. starts with her in prison. Yeah, so it's a lot of it's her POV. Also, if you notice, the art that Rockstar released, the first official key art for Grand Theft Auto 6, it shows her and him sitting on the car hood of a car. Her foot has an ankle bracelet on yeah. it. Which makes me wonder, to your point, if she is indeed the lead character, if... The way the game works is her bracelet is sort of the gatekeeper to yeah. unlocking new areas of the map. Yeah, like you can't leave her neighborhood until until you, you she make hits the jump three to, months probation. You make, no, you make the jump to crime and cut the fucking bracelet off uh, and then go rob a convenience store. What okay. is GTA? Well, that could be, but yeah. it could be too that like as her probation goes on, they loosen her restrictions and she can start. She's gonna. I mean, this is a GTA game. It's a crime story. She's gonna end up having to do something illegal. Right. <laughs> To, for a good reason that's still illegal, and that means she has to cut the fucking bracelet off, and that means they're all looking for her, and they'll never be able to explain it, so they, it just escalates and escalates. You know, these things are always, you know, basically a tragedy, you know, in, mm-hmm. in a Shakespearean tragedy where, like, you, you make all these poor decisions, but you didn't have a choice on that poor decision, and no one's, you can't explain yourself to the authorities, so you're just going to go out in a blaze of Bonnie and Clyde glory. Are two characters enough? Sure. Because we kind of got spoiled with the last game with all the protagonists we got to play I think as. It's got to be enough because they didn't know what to do with Franklin That's at the true. time in the first game. You're right. He was kind game, of so. a wasted opportunity. Yeah, and I thought ways. Franklin was cool. I like that you started he with He was my Franklin. favorite character. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I was more interested in sort of how he would... Do- you know, like a hood guy getting like involved in this sort of like you know white collarish. I mean, not white collar because they're robbing banks, but like you know what I mean. Like yeah, like you know, a bunch of white dudes who are sort of like doing you know a, a different level of crime in a different part of town with a different sort of angle that has you know which you know really has much more possible payout. Like him getting sucked up in that world was a more interesting story to me than whether Michael could pull the yoga moves off right. in the you know. <laughs> and Trevor is just a psychotic weirdo, right. yeah. which I know he was is comedy relief. He's comedy relief, and he, I think he's meant to stand in for the people who um play the game oh i think i think i think i think trevor is supposed to be a gta player that's funny we actually know the guy who plays trevor i've mm. hung out with him a couple different times he's a good dude actually i think really good guy i think the three protagonists in in five represent the three ways of playing gta like uh the like trevor is the crazy guy and franklin is like i'm gonna go do like crime gta stuff uh-huh. and michael is the i'm the story person ah, like that actually kind of makes sense that, those those are the three <laughs> pillars of gta to me is like is that. like playing so what the, do they do now franklin's, like the, franklin's gameplay michael is narrative and trevor is a crazy motherfucker <laughs> like that those are the three play pillars <laughs> the buckets, of gta yeah. right so what do you think they're gonna do with just two 
I think they're going to lean harder into the into the storytelling. Yeah. I, th- I think you're going to have, ba- you know, I think Red Dead Redemption 2 is the template here. Okay. Um, so this takes place in Vice City. We, that's a rumor that ended up being true, mm. um, which is basically the Grand Theft Auto equivalent of Miami, Florida. Yeah, which is interesting because we've never seen Vice City modern day before. That's true. Yep. Um, and what do they call the state in this? It's called, um, they call Florida has a weird name in this. Oh, I don't remember what, what the name. I mean, I know like New York's Empire State. and Oh, it's called Leon, Leonida. It's what they call Florida in this. Okay. Leonida. And it's actually a reference to Juan Ponce de Leon, which was oh. the Spanish explorer from Europe Who that went Florida. to Florida in 1513, okay. which is actually kind of clever on Rockstar's part. I got to hand it to him on that certainly, one. Certainly certainly clever for Rockstar. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. So Vice City was like this parody of Miami from the 80s. It was literally like Miami Vice era. Yeah. This is set in modern day Miami instead of like the... Which means it'll be a lot weirder than right. Miami. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing, too. It's like there's a strong... Florida man element to this. Yeah, he is Florida. He is Florida man. Right. But I'm saying I'd like, rather not play as him. It's like an internet meme, Florida man. Crazy Florida man does something crazy. Mm-hmm. And so I do feel like it kind of opens up the the floodgates for a rock star to do some crazy stuff with this game because you'd believe it because yeah. it's set in Florida. Well, I hope they don't waste the. I mean, I, I know basically it's Miami, mm-hmm. but like clearly there's there's stuff in the Everglades and like yeah. so it probably cut, encompasses the whole state. To That's some what degree. I think. Yeah. And um, things get weird when you're in North Florida. Florida. Yeah, well, yeah, North Florida is where the weird. <laughs> God, God help you if they put the panhandle in this right. game. Yeah. Um, but yeah. like Southern Alabama. <laughs> uh, but uh, I mean, that's pretty much what it is. Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah, pulling the pulling the gators out of the, out of the out of the pool. I yeah. know that, I know that's a real thing. <laughs> it is a real thing. Yeah. Um, so I do feel like this is ripe. It's a fertile ground for Rockstar to have its fun. Here's the thing, though, Matt. Mudboggin, classic. I don't see a lot of that in this trailer. Well, yeah, because it's it's a teaser trailer that's introducing you to the narrative in the world. Yeah, the characters, the narrative in the world. But the game's a year over a year out. Like, you're gonna get you're gonna get fed breadcrumbs for the next six months if you're lucky. Oh yeah, like one every three. They aren't gonna talk about gameplay systems until the end. Yeah, until like next fall that's how it worked with red dead yeah like we didn't see it like the very last trailer remember how they did those very like sterile weird trailers mm-hmm. for red dead redemption where it was almost like a college course where you're sitting there and next we have the rifle the rifle is a flintlock it's, mm-hmm. you're just like dude this is a rock star game let's have some fun with this like what are you doing it'll be interesting to see the marketing push that they have for this how they're going to do it if they'll try to do it like they did with red dead redemption too which i thought was awful and boring Obviously, it didn't hurt the sales. Yeah, ultimately. it didn't matter. <laughs> it really didn't make any difference. Um, here's a quote directly from Rockstar about this. They did release a press release yesterday after the after the leaks and everything. Um, Grand Theft Auto 6 continues our efforts to push the limits of what's possible in highly immersive, story-driven, open-world experiences. That's a quote from Sam Hauser. Um, he continues, "We're thrilled to be able to share this new vision with players everywhere." Um, and then Take Two kind of chimed in, and it said Grand Theft Auto 6 heads to the state of Leonida, home to the neon-soaked streets of Vice City and beyond, and beyond, which is the important mm-hmm. part, in the biggest, most immersive evolution of the Grand Theft Auto series yet. Um, to me, this first teaser trailer, the fact that it has so much of the TikTok, influencer, social media mm-hmm. stuff, that to me feels like Rockstar is trying to tell us something. 
Like, it's going to be a big part of the game. How do you think mm-hmm. they might realize that in the context of gameplay and the game's design? Oh, I don't think they will. You don't think there'll oh, that- be some kind of thing where you're like a criminal out on the loose, you're Lucia, you cut the band off on TikTok, everyone's like, go Lucia! And it turns into this weird thing where you're uploading your exploits on some social media app and you're getting likes and Pete and you become this like celebrity thing you don't think it could be something like that no I think the uh, the, the social media stuff is going to be the equivalent of the radio on the old oh, ones. okay interesting that's going to be where the satire is going to be where the so you have your cell phone is. kind of up on the dashboard of the car and you're seeing the stuff on your Some, phone something like that or it's just something you can look at when you want to or it's going to be i'm sure it'll be integrated in the narrative because like social media is how the information or misinformation gets disseminated now yeah i would be surprised if you're you know free to make whatever i'm sure they'll you know it, it looks like tiktok essentially and um i would be very, i'm sure they'll call it dick cock or something very clever <laughs> of um, course but it's like I'm just looking for clues in any of these clips here. I just think this is stuff that like you can. I think this is equivalent of like you know looking at the internet stuff on the old ones or whatever. I, I don't think I don't think this is going to be integral to gameplay. I think this is going to be where the flavor is, so to speak. Good, <laughs> There's good, some flavor good, for yeah, you. Good choice for the, the image when I said that. <laughs> and there's the the takeover, which happened literally. Right next door to my apartment complex, at least once mm-hmm. a month. They oh, yeah, take it's, over it's, the intersection. They drift in the intersection. People get run over. They mm-hmm. run away. The people who get run over are still laying there in the street. <laughs> like, <laughs> But it, it is a big part of car culture now. I can totally see why they would have it in the game. Um, here's like a live Insta stream or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, what if part of the mechanics is like, you stream stuff as you do it and like people rate you based upon how you frame i mean it could be anything i'm not seeing lucia and whatever the guys in this stuff i don't see that in those characters jason is his name i believe um i mean yes jason i think they will deal with the fact that we're you know there's so much security cam footage and body cam footage in this trailer that i'm like i'm sure the fact that we're always on camera will be significant in the game but i don't think i don't think they're going to be willing social media stars at least not at first i mean i'm expecting some kind of bonnie and clyde uh angle to the story eventually at which point where they you know because bonnie and clyde basically end up enjoying the fact that they're celebrity criminals right and i could see them sort of starting this as sort of a, a subsistence method thing and then becoming famous enough that they think that oh it's pretty cool that we can do that so and that will inevitably be their downfall because we have you know seen a movie before yeah um that shot looks hyper realistic. Yeah, that looks the that lighting looks really and everything. Good. I mean, it literally looks like you shot it on your cell phone, and it's yeah. real. Because like, and it's like it's also it's not it's not easy to make something look shitty the right way. It yeah, looks shitty in lighting. social media phone footage. Like that's that's actually a really impressive lighting achievement right there. Some clips of this remind me, and I mentioned this before we started recording today. There's that shot of Lucia you were talking about. Um, no, I'm talking about the one where she's still in the prison van or something. It's uh, early on where she's with like, the window and there's yep, people on the other no, side. I know what you're talking about. She turns towards the camera. Yeah, like, and you can see the prison through the glass. Yeah, that yeah. one. That one is that might be the best looking shot in this trailer in terms of like photorealism to me. Like I, that, that. If you showed me that real quick, I might not know that's a video game. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of so that game that I was talking about before. What was it called? Do you remember? It was like um, it was hyper realistic. Had really flat lighting. You went into this like concrete that, building. That shot. I yeah. think that looks amazing. Yeah, it does look amazing. I guess she's in the therapist room in that, or the, yeah. the administrator's room. Or yeah, whatever. the lighting 
in some of the clips in this are like that one game where people thought it was fake and it was like really like cell cam footage or whatever. I, I don't know if it had a name. It was that body cam basically where yeah. you're a cop and you bust into an abandoned building and chase homeless people around. Yeah. Like, but it, yeah, I, I said that to some of my friends and they did not believe me that that was a game. A game. There are a few shots in this that look like that. Like yeah. the shot where they're rushing out of the convenience store. Like that shot to me is probably the most realistic looking. Yeah. I keep missing it for some reason when I scan through this stuff. Um. But yeah, there's something about that lighting. It almost makes it just like a viral webcam, mm. cell phone style video or whatever. Um, yeah. I, at the that same looks time, really good. I mean, the, the, the group stuff, the big like wide things look really... I mean, the sense of how much, how little is repeated yep. and the, the variety of pedestrian and, and traffic. I mean, who knows if that will still be intact when it's running in real time on your console or right. whatever. Yeah. And has to load everything in. Um but like, and I, yeah, I like the alligator walking into the convenience store like this. I mean, <laughs> I, ho Florida. I hope that they, you know, like there, there is an element of like, you know, how the wildlife being integrated into things in Red, Red Dead Redemption was kind of part of life. Yeah. And I know that's sort of part of life in Florida as well. Like, I hope they get, I hope like there's random fucking gators on the side of the road. I, I want to There my, it is. What? This yeah, is a good. shot that looks crazy realistic to me. That's, I wish I could get no, it so it doesn't look good. blurry. Um, and the like, I know I have a friend who like they were going to a funeral and they were late to the funeral because there was an alligator laid across the road and you couldn't. There's nothing you can do. Yeah. There's, there's what are you going to do? You're not gonna... <laughs> the nine foot alligator laying across the road and it's taking up both lanes. Like, wait, yeah. If it's going to break your car if you try to run her over, so like you just have to wait for the alligator to move. Do you think? Um... You would not wait for the alligator to move in GTA Six, I would think. Do you think this clip is showing you that there's going to be sex in the game? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It looks like there's sex here. Yeah. That shot also that's, looks that's pretty realistic, by the way. Well, that's the other interesting question is like, um, I mean, you've already got people like freaking out that they might have to play a girl. Um, <laughs> I'm just like, oh, are you going to be very careful to switch back to Jason before the sex scene? Or like, what is like, like how are you going to do that? Like, <laughs> well, their little brains just get tied up in a yeah. knot and it just runs out of their ears. And then all the people running around going about, oh, it's the first female protagonist. No, it's not. There were female protagonists yeah. in the first GTA. I mean, it didn't matter because they weren't characters, right. really. But they, that's, yeah. that's happened before. Well, it's the first playable female character, right? No, you could play the GTA 1. You picked an avatar there were four female oh, that's avatars right. that's right yeah i, I feel like rockstar is even pushing that for some reason first female mm -hmm. i mean it's the first like narrative related female yeah. protagonist i mean it's like but interesting I'm, sure i mean but uh, but you've been able to play as girls but you can play as a girl in uh gta online whenever you want yeah and R red dead redemption yeah that's true yep so this game is coming in 2025 they have not given us a date at all um when are you thinking q1 you think Q1? I mean, that was that leak. It was coming fest fiscal year, whatever. And right. That, was, that, that points to Q1 2025. So, and that's a pretty good time for them traditionally. It, it is. Yeah. I think that makes sense. I just, it's been so long in the making. I just feel like there's going to be at least one more delay somehow. I don't know. I mean, they, they, they usually hit once they finally it, yeah, announce Once they date. start it, they know where they're, where yeah. they're at. Like I, I, they're pretty good about knowing where they're going to land. My hope is that they're polishing it now. Like, already they're in the polish stage, and it's feature complete, and they're just polishing that sucker for the next 18 mm -hmm. months until it's buffed to a fine sheen. That's my hope, anyway. Um, Matt, anything that you saw in this that sent up any red flags for you that maybe you were disappointed by or surprised by? I mean, other than I don't think Vice City is that exciting a place to, yeah. to choose. I mean, it looks like they're going to expand it out. I, I wish we could go somewhere new yeah. in that world. You know, I, I mean, I, 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 I'm, yeah, I certainly enjoyed seeing San Andreas again. I don't care for Liberty City because I feel like New York is overdone. Uh, just 
in general, not just in GTA. Like, yeah. I've been to New York enough times in reality, in games, in movies. Like we're good. Um, I wish they'd go. I wish we could do some somewhere else other than the same three cities we've been to for the last twenty five years. Now, granted, again, it is a different time period, but geographically, it's hasn't changed that much since the eighties. It's still Miami, no. so I hear you. And like, I understand the temptation to fuck with florida right now yeah, yeah. i mean obviously but, for obvious you know, reasons yeah and they're uh, an easy target easy satire. target satire i mean they're they're, yeah. the, they're the heart of of the most virulent and disgusting right-wing behavior uh and governance that we have right now i mean you could play with that a lot yeah. for sure i mean if they're if they have a desantis equivalent in this game like buckle, <laughs> buckle your seatbelt. look out yeah <laughs> People, those people are gonna be complaining about it a lot more than playing as a woman. I'll yeah, tell you that much. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I guess the one thing. Like, I would are they say- gonna are they gonna deal with like Mar-a-Lago? Is uh, there gonna be a Trump? Because there was a Trump equivalent in GTA Three. Three, right? Uh, I don't remember his name. Yeah, but you know who I'm talking. No, you, you, got, yeah. you have missions. It was from a him. caricature. Yeah, yeah. Um, that got to be tempting. Yeah, if you're those. We'll guys. see. I think the one thing I would say, having watched, and again, this is ultimately this is only sixty seconds. Like Rockstar said, it was ninety. If you cut all the crap out of it, it's actually only sixty seconds long, as yeah. you found by watching us play it over and over during this discussion. I mean, they just need to confirm that it's real at this point, and there it is. Oh, that the game is that the real? game exists. It's coming. Yeah, buckle up. I wish that maybe they had hinted at something that's like groundbreaking and new, because it does just feel well, this like one, Grand Theft Auto. So this far. one has a six right on it. <laughs> It doesn't um, need anything else. I understand that, but it's been like a decade. Like I, mean, I would expect the best game developers in the world to have come up with well, something right, new. But they and don't unique. need. To, they don't need to tell you about that yet. They don't yeah. need to tell you about that for another year. I'm just saying, maybe a hint. We, how? No. Because the thing was, like, no. if you read like the articles or watch the videos that are like the eh, the frame by frame, and there's nothing in no, this. there's nothing to talk about. It's just, it's just, it's pretty. These are your characters. This is where it's set. Here's what you can expect. Yeah, the only hint really is the TikTok social media stuff to anything that might be a little bit different from yeah. prior games. And that's really, I mean, that's always been there. There's always been email stuff. Right. There's always been cell phone stuff. There's always technology been, based. You know, I mean, yeah. just as a TikTok way of saying, come play, come bowling with me, cousin. It's right. like, it's just, it's always been there. It's, it's a method of delivering the satire that people recognize in modern society and it didn't really exist when they made the last one. That's yeah. all that is. Well, I am hoping that ultimately before this game is I mean, released... we didn't know anything about a lot of the gameplay mechanics of, of 5 until like th- two, three months before they really... You know, I mean, to be fair, there things. weren't really any new gameplay mechanics. No, there was some. There was a little stripped down. I mean, they, helped, they, they kind of fixed the aiming a little bit, but... I mean, otherwise, it kind of just played like four. I mean, right? But there was a bunch of you know, there's the heists and stuff. I mean, I'm not saying they capitalized them on on them properly. They cut them out and they put them in the online game, which you can go. That's fuck, the other thing we haven't seen yourself. yet. Like yeah. Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, online. what'll be what the online element to it? Yeah. Like, what's that going to be? You know, because yeah. clearly that's going to be a big deal, a big chunk of it. But it's like you know, we didn't know about the character switching. We didn't know about you know how, the size of the world and where you could go. We didn't know about the you know the various mini games. I mean, again, I think GTA Five. I mean, but you do kind of know. You just know it's going to be bigger. Somewhat, but, G- but GTA Five, like we didn't know much about kind of the integral things about how. I mean, the thing about GTA Five was it played, it didn't have a lot of new. You know, fell a little stripped down in a weird way. Um, not necessarily in comparison to GTA Four, but you know, in terms of you know, Red Dead Redemption Two, in comparison, has so many different things oh, to yeah. do. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that's the setting gives you a little more flexibility yep. in that. But like, you know, what are we going to do in this? What's the different one in this one? Like, why is that apartment building so carefully modeled for something that you're probably never going to look up at? Mm-hmm. You know, is that are you going to be able to go in a lot of buildings, or is there a little more interior life here? Yeah, um, you know, there's a lot of questions. But again, if those are the improvements. 
I will be disappointed, is what I'm getting at. Well, like, I expect something... Well, prepare to be disappointed. I mean, I, maybe I will be. It's Rockstar. But I'm just saying, if these guys are really the best developers in the world, as a lot of people seem to believe that they are, yeah. there's got, there should be something more than that in this game, after 11 years of development. Mm. Like, aim a little higher, bro. Like They made the best-selling game of all time. They don't, I mean, I get it, that. It ain't broke. You know, like I don't feel like that's Rockstar's ideal, though. Like I don't I think, think that is. they're like think this is good enough. Is. Like I don't think that's Rockstar's oh, Rock, mo. Rockstar's always been that. They've always I been. I don't that. know. I'm hoping for more. Vice City. The first Vice City was literally a fucking mod for three. Yeah, like, but then you get to San Andreas, and there's like crazy innovation. Oh, in sure. Fact, so innovative and, that like they ended up removing a lot of that stuff in like, four. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then what? They've never really gotten as ambitious as San Andreas yeah. again. It's and time, it, and that's why San Andreas is my favorite one. Yeah, I think a lot of people agree. And with you some, that. I mean, some of that was just like, hey, he can hop over a fence now. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, like that. But was it's also like, that. like if you ate too much, your character oh, yeah. got big. You could work out and lose the weight. Like oh, that yeah. type of stuff. Like bring it back, and then some is what I'm saying. And I'm saying they're not gonna. You probably won't. Not, Which is it's not going to be that. But I don't, that will keep me from being disappointed. I think don't. in the end, um, this will be more stripped down in terms of what you can do in the world than Red Dead Redemption 2. I also fear that without Dan there, that the writing could suffer. Here's the other thing. like I didn't see a whole lot of funny in this. Well, they, they choose their tone. I mean, go look at the original GTA 5 trailer. There's not any funny in there really yeah i don't even remember i mean the it. funny in this is like people shaking their ass or like the weirdos on the tiktok shots and the like the the, the stuff that appeals to like 11 year old boys yeah i mean that's gta it kind of is i mean yeah. their, their sense of humor hasn't evolved since gta 3 i would agree with that yep and now that dan's not there it, actually maybe it'll be better maybe, maybe it'll be improved like, i mean that's what i'm hoping but i don't i'm prepared to be disappointed i just hope it's a little i hope they kind of step away from that stupid like south park philosophy of like we make fun of everyone so we can make fun of we you can, we can <laughs> no not me but it's like we make fun of everything so that means it's okay when we punch down right you know which yeah. i don't think that tracks that's not i think that accurate. may be gone yeah in like maybe one. maybe we cannot like make fun of the pulse nightclub shooting or something yeah which i i wouldn't put past like rockstar of 10 years ago i don't know i don't think they go that far i think they would really i 100 percent think they would because uh, they think it's edgy and it's going to get talked about it's going to be their no russian thing i think that may be a stretch too far even for a rockstar i do not think it is i give them a little bit more credit for, again i kind of know go drive the by, people go, go by drive by the trans people outside the nightclubs in gta 5 and tell me that again. no you're right like no they didn't care but times have changed, and maybe Rockstar will too. We'll see. But I guess overall, I'm I'm excited. That for looks really it. good too. Yeah, when they're does. running by the gas station. Yeah, I'm excited for it. But if you had asked me before I saw the trailer how excited I would be, I would thought I was gonna be more excited than I am. I guess it really just does feel like new characters, old mm -hmm. setting, same GTA. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what I expected, so I'm not disappointed, but I'm not saying I'm particularly excited either. Yeah. Also, it's And I realize a lot of people, that may be exactly what they want. Yeah, it probably is. <laughs> I mean, I would like to see more interesting ways to interact with the world, too. I just don't think they're going to be in here. Yeah. I just don't think it's happening. At, at the very least, I think you're going to see sort of adapted gameplay ideas from Red Dead 2. I'll say one thing, too. Like, they'll be hunting in the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. Like, bringing gator skins back to people or some yeah, shit. You know, like, things like that. Yeah. But I don't think you're going to see a lot of, like, oh, my God, I've never seen that gameplay mechanic before. Yeah. Um, just because of who they are. Well, Rockstar never particularly innovates with gameplay mechanics anyway. No, I mean, Usually, many, Rockstar is behind the curve oh, yeah. how many game, mechanics? How many games did it take, to, take for them to give us actual aiming? Yeah. I mean, most people still hate the way the cars feel in Grand Theft Auto. I'm used yeah. to them, and I'm okay with it, but a lot of people are like, these cars control like crap. 
Yeah, well, that's why you got to find the cars that you like. Right. You know? Yeah. And it's it's funny. You know, I know people hate the way the cars control in four, but the f- GTA Four's driving model is probably the most realistic driving model in the series, which is probably why people don't like it very much. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Because it doesn't let you do the crazy shit. But the thing is, the drive you can't really do the same crazy shit in four because you're in Manhattan. Right. You know, it's so tight and compact. Like you want to, yeah. you know, you know, five loosened that up and made it a little more arcadey because you want that. Cause you're out in the middle of the road, in the middle of the desert, like jumping off stuff and doing, you know, Trevor's got, Trevor's got to fly. Yeah. You know? But like this, I'm, I'm, we'll see. I mean, it's kind of a halfway point. Cause it's like, you know, obviously you've got the Bayou and things like that, but also like, you know, Miami was, you're on pretty ribbons of traffic. So yeah, yeah. It's I don't know well, I don't know how that's gonna go I do think that the I do like how the water looks yeah I, yeah. Thought, I thought the water looks very nice and I think graphically it looks great I think general. you're gonna I hope the boats control better uh, yeah. than most all the other, vehicles I hope control than a most better. other game I mean most games have not figured out the boat thing let's be honest even though Wave Race kind of figured it out a long time yeah ago. but Wave Race was using physics in a way that just isn't modeled in these games because they really can't. if you're talking about something like yeah. p- boats and like say you know I'm trying to think of the open world crime games that had boat a lot of boats like you know like just cause and um far cry far yeah far the last cry. far cry has boats far there's cry, a lot of boats yeah there's a, there's a fair amount of boats in that uh, yeah. mafia three mm-hmm. um uh what was the other one i kept oh uh, sleeping dogs yeah. the boats in that suck yeah that's one of the few real weaknesses of um of uh, uh sleeping dogs is uh the boat the boat combat craig slugga says making fun of hicks is punching down yeah I mean, if if with no context around it, yeah, yeah. I mean, most of the if it's, you're just talking about like you know, low income people trying to live their lives, yeah, yeah. Like there's there's like what is the guy who's basically naked watering his lawn doing wrong? Nothing. Well, he's exposing he's himself. himself. To he's, young wearing children, a, he's wearing a speedo, but like <laughs> oh, he is. I, didn't I think he's that. wearing a speedo. Uh, I didn't um, know that. One thing I will say though is a lot of people learned a valuable lesson yesterday. All the people who were looking at the development footage of this game and talking about how it's going to look terrible and the game looks awful. GTA's jumped the shark. Do you see now? Do you see it now? That's how game development works. That's how every game looks in development. It has no bearing on what the final game looks like. (laughs) It's really, I don't know how so many people in the information age that we have today where you literally can learn anything that you want, weren't aware that that's how every game looks when it's in development. But now you know, now you understand, now you know. And ultimately, I mean, this is probably the best looking, if that is indeed running on a console, that's probably the best looking console game I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Spider-Man 2 is up there. Yeah. We'll have to see what, it, but again, this is going to be a year and change after that. It better look so better than Spider-Man. It should. It should. Yep. Um, let's actually go and check out you guys and see what you guys are saying about the first look at Grand Theft Auto 6. Uh, Swanland says, I preferred vehicles in Sleeping Dogs. I preferred a lot of stuff in Sleeping Dogs. The yeah. hand-to-hand combat in Sleeping Dogs mops the floor yeah. with Grand Theft Auto. I don't, I don't think any open-world, like, GTA-style open-world game has ever nailed... The combat? Di- not, the com- not just combat, but, I mean, Sleeping Dogs works well on every level of scale. Like, it works well on foot fighting guys hand-to-hand. It works well shooting down things. It works well as, you know, car combat. It works well, like, flying stuff. Like, like Sleeping Dogs feels very complete from both down to the microscopic to the macroscopic level. Yeah. And, like, very few games pull that off. Like, Saints <laughs> Row maybe comes close in a couple entries, but a lot of, like, Saints Row 
three maybe uh-huh. like but like in general like i don't know if anyone's done it better than sleeping dogs in the sense that you can drive around and shoot stuff and blow stuff up and do all these crazy things but also when you get in a one-on-one fight with a guy it feels like a it feels like it could be its own game yeah and like that's well, plus super, the environmental stuff in the combat yeah. where you can slam people into stuff oh, yeah. and like pick up yeah it's great they could have learned something from that game for sure yeah a lot of people could have learned something yep. from that game it's a shame uh, that, Cine- that never Cinetuck says something funny he says those people probably think if it weren't for those leaks, they wouldn't have made it better. Oh, yeah. we Yeah, they think it's them. Like, we pressured them to make it look good. Yeah. Andy T. Monaghan points out that it, that trailer has done 90 million views already, which, by the way, in the first 24 hours of this trailer, it had done more views than... I have it written down here. It was like... Oh, it was... It did more views than The Legend of Zelda... Red Dead 2 and Cyberpunk 2077 combined mm. in the first 24 hours just to show you the power of Grand Theft Auto. It makes a mockery of every other video game franchise. It's not even close. Yeah. I, saw, I saw someone on Twitter asking if this could be the first game to sell a billion copies. And I'm like, no. That even that won't ex- happen. The first one, GTA 5 has sold 190 million. Right. That's a long that's way a to go. Bit still. of a jump. Yeah, that's a yeah. long way to go. Still, Ammo Clip Twenty. Thank and you. That for took it ten years. Or thank you for subscribing. Actually, at Tier One, you're awesome, man. Thank you. Um, what else we got in here about GTA? Um, Big Dave Lazar. There's always something more. These questions are asked every time. Can Rockstar add anything new? And they always seem to be a step ahead of the other open world games. I don't. I don't really feel agree that, with that way. I mean, I think they are in graphical fidelity and like kind of simulation wise, but I, in terms of what you can do in them, they always feel a little sterile compared to a lot of the competition. Yeah. At least in the past. Certainly Mexican says this game will get a 10 out of 10 like all the previous games have, and that is completely ridiculous. We don't know that yet, man. We don't know. I mean, maybe it is a 10 oh, out of 10. Oh, I mean, 10. We, don't, we know it's going to get 10 out of 10. Yeah. We just but, don't know if it deserves right, it. Right. It might actually deserve it. it might. Though. I mean, you can't just say that yet. Um, one Supermaster Gamer, since GTA 3, the gameplay is the same. They just make everything bigger and more detailed. Yeah, we said that's what I was saying. Like, mm-hmm. I wish that they would spend more time working on improving yeah. how you actually Although play. Although I think, I think they did keep, they did add, I mean, I, I got in a lot of hot water with the, with the viewers when I gave Vice City a 4 out of 5. Because I thought it was just, basically, it was just like an expansion pack. <laughs> nice. Nox Hater Knight says, I was just thinking, I can't wait to run missions for DeSantis. Yeah, yeah you can go to all the, all the schools and take all the books out of the library. Yeah, you get a flamethrower and go to the school library. You can burn you, it all down. <laughs> you can go to the drugstore and watch the women leave with pregnancy tests and yeah. follow them home and then arrest them. Yeah, if they're... Ta- tail this pregnant 13-year-old and make sure she she has to live a horrible life for no good reason. And then the final mission is is collapsing the entire insurance industry. Yes. And what's the name of the... What's Florida called in this again? Leonidas? Leonidas, yeah. Leonida. You can crash the insurance industry in Leonida. That's the final goal of the game. <laughs> uh, and if you do that, uh, he loses the primary anyway. Yeah. Eric Carmenez, GTA Seattle. That would be not to be a bad city for Seattle's GTA. Seattle's good. I would love to see Chicago. Yeah. Um, they did Chicago, I think, in GTA 1. <laughs> you guys something. are being funny. The Abram, is Horizon 3 also in Q1 2025 then? <laughs> that would track. Yes. Gorilla, uh, does, Gorilla releases things right before a very... Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Craig Slug is asking, what has been the turnover at Rockstar since GTA 5? Nobody knows, because if you try to talk about working there, they shut your ass down. That just mm-hmm. happened last week. With the, We talked about last week on the show about how a guy was talking about Agent, Well, that and the blog got shut down by Rockstar. Like, yeah. 
Um, Leonosaurus is a Floridian. I'm really interested in the wildlife they included, particularly in the Everglades in the ocean. Yeah, absolutely. It does look like that stuff's going to be really realistic, uh, which is cool, and it's something that Rockstar usually gets right. Um, what else we got here? Um, Swanland. Do we do we still think they'll add other cities and locations over time? Which was something that Pactor had mentioned that he had heard from very very reliable sources at Rockstar. I can again, I can just say that the the sources that he has are very very reliable. I'm not going to say who. Um, my guess is that was the original plan. They realized it was going to take the next mm -hmm. 30 years to get it done. And they decided to call it down to one city. I do think it's possible that this game lives on for the next 11 years. And by the time it's all said and done, the game world is three times the size of launch. Mm, but it's all going to be online and not story. Probably. Driven, That's my guess. Yeah. Unfortunate. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, let's see if we can find one more here. Obviously, the biggest game in the industry here. Um, one super messy game. I just want to own a strip club. I have a feeling you're going to be able to do that. <laughs> I think that, is, that will be no problem in Grand Theft Auto 6. I would um, love to see them bring back some stuff that hasn't been seen since San Andreas, like the gang war thing. Yeah. Being able, being able to own territory and hold it and defend it and all that stuff. Like that, all that stuff was pretty cool. And like it felt like, the, I mean, I didn't like that they took it. I, I took over the whole city and then did the did the mission that like kicks you out of the city and you lose the whole. I'm like, hey, yeah. I, I, yeah. I didn't like that. But um, but I just took it back later. But like <laughs> it was um, like I like to have seen them like you know evolve that a little bit. Like yeah. there's a bunch of stuff in San Andreas that never came back again, and yeah. I'd like to see them like turn that into something that you can work with. Yep. For uh, last question from ETH Demon, he asks, "Do we think it's going to play well?" I will say right now, no. I think I think I hope I'm wrong. I think if you I think it depends how you feel Red Dead Two plays. Yeah, I think they'll play like Red Dead Two. Yeah, where you they're forcing you to do like really long drawn out yeah. actions that you're probably... gonna have to like get guns out of the trunk and shit. Yeah, 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 probably. So and anyway, you're gonna, and you're gonna finish a mission and your shotgun's gonna end up in the trunk for some reason <laughs> after the cutscene, and you think you have your shotgun and you try to pull the shotgun out, you all you have is your stupid pistol. Yep, and it's like yeah. <laughs> Didn't miss that. Yep. So there you go. That's our first ever discussion. Oh, here's the, oh, here's the good. Will you, will they keep it tap the button to run? Or will you be able to hold a button to run? I mean, I think you're just going to be able to click the stick and run. You think? Uh, they have to. You Again, think? that's a modern thing that they just have it's, to acquiesce. It's Rockstar. I know. They don't have to acquiesce to shit. I know. But I think even they might be like, okay, we, we lost that battle. You'd think. <laughs> you would think, but you'd you're right. Think, you'd there's a little, there's you'd a little think, hubris there at times. You'd think maybe they sh might want to have the aiming work properly, too, That's but they true. haven't done that for three <laughs> fucking games, have they? That's a good point. So anyway, there you go. That's our first ever real discussion on Grand Theft Auto 6. I am sure there are going to be tons more over the next year and a few months, whenever it comes out. Because uh, I do think we'll probably get a new piece of something around this game every three months or so. And then I feel like the last couple months we're just going to get, it's going to be like, like machine gun fire we're just going to get a ton of media like we did with red dead 2 at the end of its marketing cycle so anyway exciting times we finally know at least a little bit about grand theft auto 6 all right next up the other big event from this week was a showcase <laughs> for, for certain definitions of big well yeah well i anything... mean i'm into it because i like dragon's dogma yeah. a lot but it's like this being paired with gta 6 oh, yeah. is very funny it's, it was david and goliath basically yeah. Um, and that game is Dragon's Dogma 2. Capcom did a big blowout of the game this week because it's coming out March 22nd, early next year. Mm -hmm. So Capcom is now in that mode I just talked about for Grand Theft Auto 6 where 
We're going to start getting lots of media. Well, they did a huge blowout. It's like a half hour long of the game. And we're just going to give you kind of the crib notes version of what they talked about and what they showed off. Um, Dragon's Dogma is an open world action RPG. The big twist for this franchise is that you have these things called pawns. And they're basically just AI controlled. Well, not completely AI controlled, but CPU controlled partners that go around with you in the world but they're much more than that they in a lot of cases they're kind of proactive they can lead you to mm -hmm. the next mission objective they can lead you to loot caches if they've done them before right that's the thing is you can send them out to be in other people's games and if they do a quest you haven't done while they're out there and they come back and you do that quest they can help you with that quest because they've seen it before right which is an interesting way and you get Ability, you get basic, you get money and experience and stuff for for them going out and earning it, and the other, and they come back and give it to you and stuff. It's just, it's a cool system. Yep, and it kind of makes it feel like a party RPG, and, and even though you, it's not, so you have yeah. different classes. Classes you can have like a full party of whatever, and so it lets it frees you up to play whatever class you want, regardless of how solo capable that class is yeah because the pawns have their own attributes some of them are like pathfinders and they're the ones mm -hmm. who will go out and scout for you and or will lead you to objectives to weapons caches etc like we were talking about some of them are like translators so there are elves in this game and if you don't have a pawn that can translate they speak in elven and you can't understand mm -hmm. what they're saying until you have a pawn that can translate yeah. for you although i'm sure you can learn elvish at some point probably yeah, like that you can do almost anything you want in this game in the previous game, and I'm sure they're just they're leaning on that in this. Well, you just saw right there. I'm gonna just rewind it very briefly here, if I can, and I can't. Yeah, there we go. So, one of the new angles for this is that while you've always been asked to climb creatures to attack their weak spots and kill them, they were never Shadow of the Colossus sized creatures. Mm -hmm. That's the difference in this one. So you can see right there, that creature, you're going to have to fight and kill in this game. And that gives it definitely more of a Shadow of the Colossus type flavor angle to it mm -hmm. than which, the prior games had. Which makes me the hope they've improved the climbing because that was I didn't do a, actually do a lot of that in the first game. Oh, you because, didn't? No, I, I tended to play Magic and Range because I thought the co melee combat kind of sucked. Yeah. It's very janky and climbing things is very weird. and You, you can kind of see already the combat in this looks the same. Yeah, there's not a lot of difference in what I'm seeing in most of the footage here. I'm just... The climbing in the first one, the problem was partly that like you didn't always go the direction you wanted to go. It was mm -hmm. a little, it was just, it felt like it was tacked on a little bit. Yep. Um, and hopefully, knowing they were going to do that from the beginning, they've they've found Improved a way to make it this a little better. Yeah. Yep. We also learned the plot of the game finally, and it's not just some of the stuff we've been talking about that looks the same. A lot of this game looks the same, and the reason it does is because it is actually set in the same area, except. You're in a parallel world. Mm. So it's almost like a metaverse thing where actually, it, geographically, it's the same area that you played in in the first game. However, technically, you're in a yeah. parallel world. Now, to be fair, the multiverse thing it was established in the first game. It's true. So yep. that is that they didn't steal that from Marvel. They, they had that going. Yep. Um, That's where the pawns come from. They come from other worlds. Yeah. And basically, this world is split up into kind of two different nations there's the human nation and then there's the beast nation there's words for it um vermond is the human nation and beastrin is, or batal is the beastrin nation and basically the objective of the game is um you are trying to take the human throne 
that's basically your goal throughout the game. Um, someone has taken control of it. They're kind of running the nation into the ground. You want to ascend to the throne and take it over and make everything better. That is basically the gist of the plot in this game. Um, it is built on a seamless open world. Did the first game have loading or was it all open world? I can't remember. I believe it was open world. Yeah, I thought I don't, so. I don't, um, there might have been loading when you go into like settlements. Yeah. But mainly it was, if you, you could run through the whole world and avoid the settlements and go That's what seamlessly. I yeah, it was a real open world. Like if I, cause like the, the set, uh, cities and the settlements were treated as different things cause you did, couldn't have your gun, your weapon out or anything like that. Yeah. So yeah, I believe you had to load when you went into the villages and city. Okay. But I think the rest of the world was seamless. Okay. So this is 100% seamless open world. There's no loading anywhere at all in the game. Obviously, with technical advancements in uh, console games over the last 10 years, um, the combat is basically unchanged from the first game. Matt, you will not be happy to know. I mean, I even recognize some of the idle animations here. Yeah, there's a. I feel like there's a lot of that in this. I wonder how much was recycled from the online game. Exactly. That's really what I'm starting to wonder. The combat in the game, there's one button for weak attacks, there's one button for heavy attacks. If you hold down the left shoulder button, you can choose from a series of four attacks or spells for quick access. And then the right shoulder button lets you choose your vocation, your your vocation-specific activity. I think that is new to the combat. I don't think that was in the first one. Mm, I don't remember. It's been a while. Each vocation or class in this game has a special ability that only they can do and you access that with the right shoulder button and those run the gamut from like having a steady aim for your archer being able to dodge or being able to guard and that's important matt because you a lot of the characters and classes in this you cannot block and you cannot dodge but that's also kind of by design because this game is made for you to use your pawns and i do wonder if they do that on purpose to be like Take it away from the player, it forces them to use the pawns more and just kind of mm -hmm. sit back and direct the combat instead of partaking in it actively. Yeah, I mean, I, you couldn't really control the pawns too well in the first one. In this one, um, the D-pad, kind of, you use that to give I mean, them you, commands. Yeah, I mean, you can you give them commands. I'm a, I just didn't. They just didn't, they didn't obey. Really, they yeah. weren't very good at obeying, yeah. And depended on the pawn and who, how, what the relationship was to you. Uh, and also, if you, the, you could play the game with... With no pawns, if you wanted, yeah. and like you'd get you get experience bonuses and stuff for doing that. Mm -hmm. Yep. I always played with with a full set of, of three pawns. You get basically you have your own pawn, and then you have two that you get from online, mm. and um, works out pretty well. Although they, you know, famously there's a lot of uh, repeated dialogue from them as they see things they recognize and it triggers whatever. He's like, every time wolves show up, three of those pawns are gonna be like wolves hunting packs originally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> This, by the way, is the brand new class that we're seeing right now. The guy who uses the smoke um, is a support class called the Trickster. He can summon illusions that will distract enemies. Or, as you can see, he can uh, use the smoke. Um, and that gives mm -hmm. his pawns buffs to fight for him. This That guy obviously doesn't even really have a weapon. You really have to use the pawns with that guy. And I feel like maybe... Well, and also you can... I mean, in the first one, you could combine any of the classes and you can in this as well and so yeah. that, that does you know only one new class some people are saying but it's like that one that one new class opens up like five new op permutations and yeah. combinations yeah absolutely um so again there's no lock on for melee there's no dodger parry unless you get them as part of your class abilities which may be mm -hmm. something that catches people off guard when they go to play it for sure i mean the classes were always very i mean if you were a mage in in the first game 
like you were defenseless. Like yeah. you you could you could little dodge out of the way a little bit, but mostly like if something got to you, you were done. Yep. And but but you could call down meteors from the right. sky. Like it's like like the, <laughs> yeah. the magic in the first dragon's dogma. I don't know if I've ever felt that powerful playing a, 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 a sorcerer or a yeah. mage of any kind. Like yep. it's just and you see it here, right here. You know. Yep. But like you could, you're calling in tornadoes and shit. Like, like, yeah, like yeah. and like you know catches the griffin or whatever, and it just like spins it around. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah, fly now, asshole. Yeah. It, 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 it's a it was a I mean it is a janky ass game, but that first, first Dragon's Dogma is very rewarding once you get yeah. really into it. It felt really good. Like things happened in that game where I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. games need to do that more. I believe. And even like walking around and the night falls and it's legitimately dark and weird and you have to pull the lantern out and uh-huh. see where you're going to try to get back. Like there was, there's great stuff in that game. And like really, I mean, yeah, it doesn't look all that different, but it's like really if you just give me that game with new some new content and some better graphics, I'm kind of happy. Yeah. The other thing about the pawns too is that you can download pawns from other people. You yeah. can go on the network and you can download pawns that you can then take into battle with you. And you're hoping you upload your pawns. You hope people take them out with them and they learn stuff and they come back to you. And as Matt said earlier, they've kind of learned mission objectives and where things are. They can then lead you to those things. It's a really cool system that like yeah. no other game has. And either you're going to love it or you might hate it. Because, again, you do feel a little bit detached from combat at times in this franchise. Yeah, especially I mean, if, if you're playing an archer or, or a mage, you, they are basically your frontline screen. Yeah, and I mean, look, the, which is weird for and, a game. Like, usually arc- they're the backline guys. An arcane archer in this game is probably the in the first game was the best the best. Cl- I mean, you could solo the game with an arcane archer. Yeah, once you had your your levels up. Yeah. Um, but until then, you were very dependent on these guys to block, you know, run interference for you. Yeah. But as fine. you've seen, it's, like, again, it's different. Like I don't, I can't think of a, it. It feels like else like it feels like a pretty good adaptation of the turn-based RPG system where people yeah. in the back were doing distance damage and were more vulnerable, and the people in the front were trying to like tank. Yeah, like it, it, it all pretty much worked. Yeah, and the climbing part, as we said, is a part of the whole game. Like you climb over the creatures, you attack their weak points, and then that drops them. Even normal rank and file enemies, you can weaken them down to the point where they collapse, and then you can perform a finisher. And I don't think that was in the first game. I think that's no. new. Yeah. yeah. And so there's finishers in this game, which gives the combat a little bit more of a dramatic flair to it. But I guess what I would say most of all is I watched this entire presentation, and Matt, I really struggled to find anything new. No, I mean, it, I mean, this is new. I never the fought, new class never fought a dragon that big before. The finishers and then the bigger bosses; those are really the yeah. only things that I saw that were different. I mean, I would argue that that's all it needs to be. Yeah, to some degree. Like, it's not like it's been copied mercilessly or anything. No, it's not like we're tired of Dragon's Dogma clones. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Um, I'm just happy it exists. Yeah, I really never thought we'd get to play another one. No. It's coming to PC, PS5, and Xbox Series. So it's PC and next gen only. Or I, whoop. Current gen, current gen. We, we we put that flag in the sand last week. We're not going to say that anymore. It's current gen only, so it's not coming out for last gen. Apparently, it's pretty wet sand. Yeah. <laughs> um, and again, it is coming out on March twenty second, twenty twenty four. So no long to wait. So we'll probably be talking about this game in the not too distant future. I would not be surprised, Matt, if this eventually gets a demo. Because yeah, the demo, franchise has been be smart, gone yes. for so long. It's so different from yeah. other games. They need to turn people onto it. So I would not be surprised if we all get to play this before it actually comes out. And if that's the case, we'll probably preview it one more time on Game Face before we tackle the review. Yeah, so. I mean, this cutscene is almost exactly the same as the fight with a dragon on the beach in the first one. I know. Like the, the girl, I feel like that about this The whole girl you like is about to be attacked, so you run in and stop. Now I'm sure the dragon will eat your heart, and then you become the Arisen. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is an alternate world. 
It's so. a parallel world. <laughs> yep. That's again, we were talking, we talked about uh, Alan Wake two, like the, is it real or is it not plot device and how I think it's cheap and I hate it. I hate that too. That's another cheap plot device that games, TV shows and movies use. And I'm like, that's kind of the easy way out, but yeah. I like multiverse stuff when it's done well. Yeah. But like anything, it's not done well often enough because it's hard to do well. Yeah. Just like time travel. It's complicated. Yeah. Like time to, travel is very difficult to do in a compelling manner. It's one and, of the reasons Back to the Future is such a sing, singular movie. Yeah. But even... Even compared even, to its sequels. Right, yeah. Because I was going to say, eventually you can pick it apart in a later film. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, but anyway, there you go. That's Dragon's Dogma 2. Again, it's coming March 22nd for PC, PS5, and Xbox Series. All right. Let's move on. We're going to talk next about a game that I've been struggling through for the last week in addition to playing Avatar... I've also been playing Dragon Quest Monsters The Dark Prince. And you may be sitting there... I don't even know what this is. Exactly. You may be sitting there right now saying, what the hell is this, Shane? Where did this game come from? And the reason you're asking that is because there is still not a single review for this game online. It's a Square Enix game. Obviously, it's a Dragon Quest game. I got review code for this the day before it launched. That never happens with Square Enix. I get all their code like two weeks early. There is not a single real review of this game online. I'm about to deliver it right now live on Game Face. It is a Switch exclusive. There has not been a Dragon Quest Monsters game in 11 years, Matt. Have you played Dragon Quest Monsters before? Um, I don't remember. I never had until this one. What is it like? It's Pokemon. Pokemon, okay. It's Square Enix's take on Pokemon, But, but do basically. they call them Monsties? No. They okay. call them just monsters okay, in this. Okay, so it's yeah. better. It's better. Yeah. <laughs> it's not better than Pokemon. Don't I don't want you guys to think that at all. In fact... No, the, but I mean better than... Uh, it's probably not better than uh, Monster Hunter Stories. No, really. Monster Hunter Stories is better than this. Yeah. By a significant so. margin. And as you start watching this B-roll... Several things will dawn on you. One thing that will dawn on you is why this game is worse than that game. The other thing that will dawn on you is that this game was probably originally made for the PlayStation 2. And the third thing that will dawn on you is that... it looks like a Switch to me. Is that Pokemon is a vastly superior franchise. Those are the three things you're going to realize over the next 10 or 15 minutes as I walk you through this game. Um... The disparity of Dragon Age's monster designs... Uh, Dragon Quest, you dra- mean? Yeah, Dragon Quest doesn't really work when you put all those things t- like together in a, in a in a dialogue scene, I have to admit. This uh, this is, this was work for me, people. <laughs> My job isn't hardly ever work, but playing this game was absolutely work. This game takes place during an alternate depiction of Dragon Quest IV. So... The protagonist in this was actually the bad guy from Dragon Quest IV, Pissarro. Hmm. And then he you also eventually run into this elf named Rose, who becomes one of your sidekicks. She was also from Dragon Quest IV. And basically what this is doing is it's retelling the story of Dragon Quest IV to make Pissarro seem like a more sympathetic character. So Pissarro is the Dark Prince. His dad is the king of Nadiria. And he's a douchebag. And you hate your dad. Pissarro hates his dad. However, his mom has become critically ill. And he can't figure out how to save her. So as a last resort, he goes to visit with his dad and say, Hey, mom's going to die if you don't help. Can you please help me? His dad, the king, says, basically, F off. I don't care about her. I don't care about you. And in fact, what I'm going to do is I'm going to curse you right now so that you cannot attack me. And... 
you also cannot attack monsters going forward. So basically what that does is it turns you into a monster trainer. And thus begins your journey to build an army of little monsters so that you can eventually go back and fight your dad and kill your dad the king and then hopefully save your mom's life. And that's pretty much the plot of the game. Um, as you play through the game, his hunt to find monsters, it takes you through a bunch of different levels. And Matt, there's one level in this game that is made of like cupcakes and donuts. And I'm just like, are there cupcakes and donuts in the Dragon Quest universe? Maybe. <laughs> Dragon Quest plays pretty fast and loose with the series. <laughs> with everything. Yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of head-scratching moments in this game where I was like, did I just really see what I thought I saw? But the one cool thing about it, so there are these different worlds, and they're all kind of goofy, and they're all pretty much ugly. But one thing that this game does do is it changes the seasons. Like It feels like every 30 minutes or so, and when it does that, it completely changes the world that you're in. It changes the monsters that are in the world that you're in. And it, in a lot of cases, changes places where you can or cannot go. So a good example of that is I went into this world in summertime and there were these water spouts that were shooting up out of the ground. And they were there were platforms on top of the water spouts and you could jump on them it would spout and it would send you up and you could get to a new area of the level that you couldn't get to before. And then winter comes and the spouts freeze and you can no longer reach those areas. That's kind of the idea behind the different seasons. And then if you want someone who wants to collect them all, you need to go through each level in the different seasons because if it's wintertime, it's a completely different collection of monsters out in the world than there are during the summertime. So I guess that's to encourage replay value if you're one of those people who wants to get all the monsters. Good luck with that, though, because there are 500 monsters in this game. Hmm. Now, to be fair, I feel like there's really like 100 or 150 because they do the whole, oh, now that monster's pink, so it's right. a different monster. Like color swaps, basically. They count as separate yeah, monsters. Dragon Quest is always done. You know, yeah. The, so pla there's the not, platinum slime is yeah, exactly. a different creature yep. from the blue slime. So there's not as many as the game purports that there are in the actual game. Um, it's no persona. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is that you can basically breed monsters in this and create your own monsters. When you first start the game, it gives you a series of questions to answer, to, and that's how they give you your starter monster. Instead of choosing from three Pokemon, like in Pokemon games, they ask you a series of questions, and how you answer them affects the monster that they give you. Now, you can say, I don't like this monster, and ask for another one. My monster was so insane looking, I'm like, oh, hell yeah, I'm keeping that one. But uh, if you don't like it, you do have the option to turn it down. And then, as I said... As you go on and you collect Pokemon, you can breed them together and create entirely new types of monsters as well. So that's my that is what that's my creature that was created. Like a wooden, weird humanoid doll thing. I don't know what the hell it is. I mean, that's one thing I will say. First of all, some of the monsters in this are straight up ripoffs of Pokemon. Like there is Bulbasaur is straight up in this game. Like I don't know how they got away with it, but they did. Um, but then some of them are just insane. Like they are more brave with the monsters in this. Like one, they're not as afraid to make it, the monsters edgy. And two, they're not as afraid to just make them completely batshit insane. Hmm. That was actually one of the highlights of this is like the monsters, because it's one of those games where you run around in the open world and you see the creatures there. So you can't avoid like random encounters, but when you touch a creature, 
you don't know what creatures are actually going to be in the battle. Like, you could see, like, a sheep-like creature that you run into, but when you actually go to the battle, it's, like, this crazy, like, chicken monster and, like, a slime yeah, like and whatever. Like, that was a green, oh, yeah. fuzzy it, thing, and that now you frighten Right on time. Yeah. Um, and so there's a little, a little bit of the fun in this game is, like, I don't know what I'm going to see, and then some of the creatures in it are absolutely insane. Um... So as I said, you can use the synthesis to create your own monsters, and those are even more wacky than the ones that they've come up with because they're weird hybrids of the things that they've come up with already. Um, the story is a really slow burn. I have not finished this game. I've played, I don't know, probably 12 or 13 hours of it or something like that. It becomes repetitive really, really quickly, though. It also becomes pretty difficult pretty quickly. I talked last week about Super Mario RPG, about how there are points where you have to go back and grind. The opening of this game is really easy, and then it becomes difficult very quickly. Um, and what I found was a lot of times I would just want to run through an area instead of fighting the enemies over and over. Basically the same thing I did with Super Mario RPG. And then you get to the end of the area where you have to fight the boss of the area, and you can't. He just wipes you out with like two hits. So you have to go back and just fight tons of the rank and file enemies to level yourself up so you can then fight the boss. Now, once you defeat the boss of each area, all the monsters in that area, collecting them becomes almost automatic. So it's it's, it's there's you do get some kind of a reward for like toppling that boss. Ultimately, you don't. Have, but I guess what I'm getting at is you don't have to go back and fight all those rank and file enemies again to collect them. The other thing about this is you're seeing it right now. There's no like pokeballs in this. So to get an enemy or to add a monster to your monster index you have to like basically attack them and beat them into submission and even when you do that sometimes they'll join your party sometimes they don't if they don't join your party then they become enraged and they're much harder to fight it's not a big deal at first when you're fighting the the weak enemies later on in the game that makes a big difference like you it becomes risky to try to capture poke or monsters, I keep saying Pokemon, to capture monsters later on in the game, which is why that feature of topple the boss, they're basically automatic captures, carries a lot of weight throughout the game. Um, the game itself is split into two different areas. There's what you've been seeing so far, which is like the pseudo open world, and there's just loading screens everywhere in this game. Everything loads. You walk 20 feet, load. Walk another 30 feet, load. Walk into a building, load. I mean, it literally is like a remastered PlayStation 2 game in pretty much every regard. Um, the story is long, it's drawn out, the script is wordy. Here's the problem though, if you start skipping stuff in this, you could put yourself in a really bad position where you don't know what to do. There's no log. There's One, there's no quest log telling you what you need to do. There's no log of the conversations that you have either. So if you skip past something where they're like, you need to go here and do this, you're out of luck. There are waypoints in the game, but certain objectives they do not give you a waypoint for. And if you don't know what you're supposed to do and you didn't pay attention, you can get screwed in this game like bad. Hmm. And so while the writing isn't great and you may want to skip past it, it's probably not a good idea. It could really leave you in a lurch. Um, so anyway, back to the dual, the two different areas. So you have this stuff, which is out in the open world, in the fields, the pseudo-open world. And then the other half of the game takes place in this like arena like combat setting, where you go to this other area, and there's a big stadium there, and you fight people in a stadium. And that's actually where you end up meeting Rose for the first time. It was a little bit like Gladiator. They had like locked her up. By the way, when she cries, she her tears turn into rubies. 
<laughs> okay. Yeah, that's a good trick. Yeah. So anyway, half the game is this, like your typical Pokemon stuff. And then the other half of the game is going to this arena where you fight, like, basically boss characters. Um, and they'll have their whole lineup of monsters or whatever that you have to fight through. And then, as far as the menus are concerned, the RPG elements in this are almost all automatic. You do get, like, perk points eventually. Like, every once every three battles, you'll get some perk points that you can go and spend on, like, passive stuff for your Pokemon. And they do learn new attacks over time, like Pokemon do. I keep calling them Pokemon, because I just can't help it. Um, I mean, it does look like it runs better than Arceus. It does. Well, no, it actually, it doesn't. No. Well, this area does. There are areas, Matt, where literally the frame rate bottoms out to, like, five frames a second. <laughs> it's abysmal. I mean, look at this game. It looks terrible. And it they, it still runs like ass. It's crazy. Again, why this yeah, there's no the, reviews for this game out that's there. That's when PS2 look ass ground texture right yeah. there. Yeah, I mean that's. I feel like this. The last game came out for like the PS2. I really feel like this was a sequel that they've been working on. They put on the shelf, and then they're like, "Hey, Nintendo." It, it looks like something that was maybe used was originally 3DS. Maybe and may, and sort of yeah maybe they shelved it. And I like, think hey, Joker. You know what? We could drag this away and. I think Joker. The last one was a 3DS game actually. Dragon mm-hmm. Quest Monsters Joker. Yep. I just stick to the main series. Is usually my. Yep, and that's a really good piece of advice for this game in particular. This game's also sixty bucks. Wow. It's not even like budget price. I would, I would not have guessed that. <laughs> There is one. There are some cool little tweaks. Like one of the things is like the size of the monsters matters. So if you have a really big monster in your party, it actually will sometimes take up two of the slots in your party. So normally you have four in your party and you have four in reserves. And a cool thing about this game too that I do like is as a monster is defeated, you can slide one of your reserves into your four monster party. However, once all eight of those monsters are dead it sends you like miles back and it is the most disheartening thing ever it sends you back to this tower area where you can heal your pokemon and everything but then you have to trudge all the way back through the level to get back to where you were again it sucks so while there's good parts how they handle it ultimately it's not handled very well um what else yeah, the RPG elements are pretty low. Like I said, you have those those points that you can assign, and it's just for one thing, and that's pretty much it. All the other like abilities of your monsters are just leveled up automatically. Um, uh, creatures get spells and abilities, but they're not spells that you actually use in combat. They're kind of like the cut or the bike in Pokemon, stuff that you can use out in the open world. They're not really things that you use while you're fighting other monsters. Um and that's pretty much it. Again, I got 13 hours into it. The story was dragging his damn feet so much. I got bored with the game. Um, it really was work playing through this game over the last week to deliver this review to you guys. And I can absolutely see why Square Enix was not um, forthcoming with sending out review code for this game. Because my my guess is once reviews start pouring in, they're not going to be kind. And they're not going to be very good. At least that's... If I were to write a review for this, that's what, how my review would read. That's for damn sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. It's Dragon Quest Monsters of Dark Prince. It's full 60 bucks. I would maybe pay $30 for this. This really does feel like this old game that Square Enix had kicking around for a while. And they're like, we need to figure out something to do with this before it becomes too old and too long in the tooth. And they went and talked to Nintendo and Nintendo's like, oh, an exclusive from Square Enix for Switch? Absolutely. We're not going to ask any questions. And so you end up with this. This is the other part I was talking about, where you go and you fight in the arenas and you fight kind of the bosses or whatever. You had basically fight three bosses in a row, um, but between each fight, your monsters regain all their health. 
So it's really, it's easy. Like, I, this is one of the, I thought was one of the easier parts of the game. The other thing I would say, too, is you can choose, see that menu, you can just choose to fight if you want to. Instead of choosing a specific command for each monster, you can just choose fight. And you can go into the other menus, and you can kind of set up what the monsters will do if you just choose that fight option, which is something I think Pokemon should have. Like, you should be able to set up macros in Pokemon so you don't have to manually fight through everything. So there are a few things in here that kind of pushes this subgenre into new directions. But for the most part, the fundamentals are handled so much better in Pokemon. You got the second batch of Pokemon of DLC for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet coming out here in the next like week or so. I just really struggle to recommend this game to pretty much anybody at this point. So really disappointed in Dragon Quest Monsters, The Dark Prince, again, a Switch exclusive, again, 60 bucks. And I would just say, avoid it at all costs. Um, have any questions about it, Matt? Nope. And I'm guessing the chat doesn't either. Um, let me just scroll down real fast before we move on. Um, Clay, UK Garage, it was basically an HD legacy of Goku. I was talking about Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Yeah, I could see where you would say that. <laughs> Pharaoh Doll says Dragon Quest. <laughs> That's a, as in D-R-A-G-G-I-N Quest. And that is a good way to put it. So um, this one does not land. It's way too expensive. There's way better options out there. I say stay far, far away from Dragon Quest Monsters, the Dark Prince. All right. We've made it to our final topic, but we are running out of time. And our final topic is predicting what some awards from the Game Awards are going to win. This is not Matt and I saying what we think should win. This is Matt and I saying what we think will win based upon your voting and the editorial committee. And I honestly don't even know what the secret sauce is anymore for deciding who wins. Oh, it's just... Uh they're doing is the judges and then there's the player choice awards which so it's just a few awards there's only one award that, okay that player people are voting on it's uh the player choice award and it was like 20 nominees or something they whittled it down to five none of which were hogwarts i might know i might know for all, for all the screaming about how come the people love hogwarts and how it didn't make the top five you know it did make the top five genshin fucking impact all right <laughs> that doesn't surprise me at all though not at all no. <laughs> okay so we're gonna just Guess the winners of a couple categories here before we get, we get going. Um, we'll bring it up on screen right now. And I'm just going to use the uh, Game Awards website. And uh, we'll figure out the best way to do it. All right. Game of the year. We'll save that for last. Let's go to a couple of the other categories here. Even though it's maybe the least interesting. It might be. Yeah. Um, which one do you want? Which ones do you want to do, Matt? We're going to do three. What about best action game? Okay. Okay. Let's go to best action game. And see what the nominees are. Armored Core 6, Dead Island 2, Ghost Runner 2, Hi-Fi Rush, and Remnant 2. Those are really the best action games from 2023. I mean, it, I mean, it depends what you're defining. Oh, there it is up on the le top left there. For the best game in the action genre, focused primarily on combat. Sure. <laughs> Basically, he's splitting hairs here so he can get more games yeah, so into can, the awards. Can make, this is an action game This versus an action adventure game versus an R RPG. Yep. Okay, so those are the nominees of those five games. Which one do you think will win at the Game Awards? Given the, the panel... Like, my guess would be Hi-Fi Rush. It's either... Hi-Fi Rush or Armored Core. Yep. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's either Hi-Fi Rush or Armored Core. Mm -hmm. And I would bet that it's Armored Core. I'm not sure. We'll see. That would be my guess. I feel like it's kind of a coin flip between the two, because Hi-Fi Rush was such a critical darling. 
Armored Core is the better game. Yeah. But I doesn't always mean is anything. It? I think so. Some people think Hi-Fi Rush is a game Hi-Fi of the Rush year contender. Hi-Fi Rush is good. I don't agree with that. I don't but either. I, but I also don't think Armored Core 6 is a game of the year contender, so yeah. what, do you, what do I know? Yeah. Also, Hi-Fi Rush, by the way, made by Tango. We were talking about them last week. You need Diet Tango because you're weak. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're, we're saying best action game, probably going to be Armored Core, but maybe Hi-Fi Rush. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what Let me about... show, let's see the independent one to see what the. Oh, I, wanna, go I, to... I just want to see what the blurb says. Well, here's I, the I, thing. I didn't see the blurb, like that thing that said combat focus. I want to see what the independent one says. Well, here's the thing. So here's best independent game. Right. But then there's also another category where they use indie. Where is it? Where? It's here somewhere. I saw it earlier today. Oh, where did it go? I didn't see that. I thought for sure I saw one. No. Yeah, best debut indie game right there. Interesting. <laughs> See? So is it independent or indie? Right. They use those, both. Those are two different words. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go to best independent game and see, one, what it says. For outstanding creative and technical technical achievements in a game made outside the traditional publisher system. Nexon is the 12th largest publisher in the world. What the fuck are you talking about? And the contenders are Cocoon, Dave the Diver, Dredge, Sea of Stars, and Viewfinder. That's actually a tough call. That is a tough call. I can't my, even begin to guess which one. Based on like some of the reviews I look, I dug through on some of those, my I would say Cocoon. I would say Dave the Diver actually. Dave the Diver is a. I would like. I would like to see Dave the Diver win uh, in terms of me liking the game. It mm-hmm. would be a shame if the game game made by the multi-billion dollar company won the indie game award <laughs> cocoon was a big loved critical i mean i it yeah. didn't really land for me but like uh god the press loves a lot that of people game. liked it so yeah. i would say cocoon and day of the diver i mean they're all good yep any of those there's no it, bad game on any, any of those could win those. i'd be cool with it yeah. yeah uh okay let's go to best rpg and again, don't forget, this is not what Matt and I think are the best games. This is what we think they're going to pick. Yeah. This is Baldur's Gate 3. Best RPG, Baldur's Gate 3, Nine Final Fantasy 16, Lies of P, Sea of Stars, and Starfield. Lies of P is a very interesting inclusion. Matt, but... sometimes stuff like this happens, though, where they would give it to Starfield because they know they're going to give like Baldur's Gate 3 some other Sort of, but, award. Like, but also, I mean, you know I love Starfield. If I was in this voting block, would I put Starfield over Sea of Stars in Final Fantasy 16? Maybe not. Yeah. I don't know. In yeah. term, especially in terms of being an RPG. Right. I mean, I don't think Liza P should be in that category. Like, it's it's the most weird inclusion. I mean, I know that we technically call the, the Souls-likes our action RPGs, but mm-hmm. it is so unlike the other four. They're not heavy role-playing. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Um, I mean, the, I mean the, the smart money there is Baldur's Gate 3, but if they are doing the thing where it's like Baldur's Gate 3 wins Best Picture and we want to get Someone else wins Best else, Director. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, no, that almost never happens. I'm just joking. But like, yeah. but you do see sometimes like, oh, one, the, 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 the movie that has no chance winning the the big awards wins a lot of the technicals yeah an rpg would probably be a technical especially since jeff never gives his own fucking announcement he just listed <laughs> in a thing between world premiere yeah. it's which like, is gone now by the way yeah um but okay. we're all gonna say it anyway we are yep <laughs> just for fun all right let's go to game of the year and the game of the year candidates for the game awards are alan wake 2 Baldur's gate 3 marvel spider-man 2 resident evil 4 Super Mario Brothers Wonder and The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Matt, which one do you think they're going to pick? It's Baldur's Gate or Zelda. Um, but which one? I don't know. I really I think that's a coin flip. I think it's going to be Zelda. I I think I think I if, just don't think I think Baldur's Gate 3 is a PC-centric game. Not anymore. 
I know, I understand it's available for one console now, but I still feel yeah, like it will it's be a- available for the other one at the end of the night. Yeah, but I do feel um, like most of the people in the editorial committee are predominantly console gamers, and I think they're just going to give the they're going to shade their opinion over to Zelda. Possible, but the zeitgeist shifted so far to Baldur's Gate three, even to this day. I don't know. I really don't like my you know my years of experience like tell me it's always it's you should always bet on Zelda, mm-hmm. but I don't. I really don't know. Baldur's Gate three. Baldur's Gate three like captured mind share like I like nothing I've ever seen yeah. outside of a Nintendo release. Yeah. It's that's remarkable. why it's like hard to like, figure out which one. Like every day there's like forty fucking posts about Asterion on my fucking yeah. Twitter feed. Like it just doesn't <laughs> stop. I don't even like him. No, I don't I don't <laughs> I like most it. of them. Like yeah. I mean I bounced I Baldur's Gate three I really end up ended up not liking very much. Oh I loved it. Um I, I still love it. I didn't like the I like the story, but I didn't like playing it. Hmm. That was really how I ended up, and like because I thought, thought I think it's too random. I, okay. I, I, no, I don't. that's true for sure. Although that may have been changed, they've been, made so many tweaks to that game. At they this have, point. Yeah. but like I, I don't know. Baldur's everyone loves that game. Like it's, and it's again like I mean, we talked about Dragon Age earlier. Dragon Age. If I was putting Dragon Age Four out, I'd be terrified because like everyone's going to compare that to Baldur's Gate Three, and there's no possible it no way it's i mean we already saw people Baldur's working on it being like oh poor me yeah, don't yeah don't expect. <laughs> and look Baldur's gate 3 is a singular unique yeah. thing like it came about in a certain way you can't expect all rpgs to be that from now on you yeah. just can't but i it's i mean that, that's the thing is like you it's hard to make an argument for Baldur's gate 3 that doesn't also apply to zelda in some ways but zelda's main thing is like that building mechanic innovation it's not just that they put in the ability to build shit. Plenty of games have things to build. It's the fact that it all works flawlessly. Mm-hmm. Like I it's have really polished. Yeah, you know, for all the people, you know, I don't think the glitches that people go finding game breaking glitches in Spider Man Two to show that the game sucks or something right. doesn't play there. But, but but you know what? Go do that with Tears of the Kingdom. Try to do. Good it. luck. Yeah, it's hard. Like, it, like is that I, polished, I have yeah. never seen two pieces glitch through each other or fall through the world or do any of that. I mean, it just doesn't happen. Like the polish on them is incredible. Yep. Baldur's Gate Three, on the other hand, is sort of like, hey, there's a moment. There's an element of Baldur's Gate Three. As much as I don't like the random dice rolling, where you play that game and you're like, why aren't RPGs like this now? No. Like, I just like how you can just fiddle around with stuff and it yeah. actually happens. Like, why works. isn't yeah. that the thing that? people took from like some of those older like infinity engine things and move forward with yeah. it like like it, it, there's there's an element of like Baldur's Gate 3 has an element of like you feel like you should have been expecting this for years and you just didn't think of it until now yeah um and this one studio figured it out really hard to really hard to call yeah I mean, a lot of people are putting in their picks. Zelda, RE4, Tears of the Kingdom. Oh, yeah, I mean, my, my actual Game of the Year picks will be completely different from anything we're talking about here. Oh, yeah. Just wait for um, our Game of the Year awards, people. <laughs> you ain't seen nothing yet. Like, like, I would, like, I would definitely put my, you know, if I was voting for me, I would put uh, Don't that, share that. Uh, that group. I would prefer uh, like several others on that on that okay. thing. I mean, and but I wouldn't nominate half of them. Right. Half of those things would not be my nominees for Game of the Year in general. Yeah. But There's like, so many good games. But if you're going to throw Baldur's Gate and Zelda at me and say, like, hey, what about Spider-Man? Absolutely, I'm going to pick Spider-Man. I mean, yeah. Or, or uh, what's the other one? Hell, I might even pick Mario Wonder. RE4 is pretty damn good. RE4? Yeah, RE4. <laughs> I mean, they're all really good, let's be honest. It's a great year for games, for sure. The only, um, the only, the only one in there that I'm really like, I don't think that should be there is Alan Wake. I agree. Um, well, we talked about that, but yeah. we're outliers on that one a little bit. We are bit, definitely so. outliers, which is a little weird. Because we're usually not. But, but you know what? Let's see if we're outliers in eight months. We'll see. Because that happens sometimes, yeah. too. Yep. Okay. 
that's it for Game Face episode 369. But we're gonna do a little. <laughs> we're gonna do a little bit of Q and A. Controllers, we... Controllers, and asks, what's the liqueur of the year? Uh, well, we all know that. All that's know LS Cream, yeah. duh. And who are the sound people of the year? No question, soundwizardry.com. Experience the realm of extraordinary audio with Sound Wizardry. With a decade-long journey in sound design, we animate your movies and video games with the breath of sound. Our wide-ranging services include sound design, Foley, sound mixing and mastering, audio implementation, dialogue mastering, and the crafting of unique sound effects from freshly recorded material. Our portfolio contains Baldur's Gate 3, Steven Universe, Alan Wake 2, Gwent, Cyberpunk 2077, and more. Visit soundwizardry.com and let us transmute your vision into an auditory marvel. How perfect that we just finished a discussion about Baldur's Gate 3, and then we get to mm -hmm. run our promo for soundwizardry.com, who worked on Baldur's Gate 3, among a bunch of other Game of the Year candidates from this year. If you have any sound work that you need done, anything, they will do it, they will help you, they are awesome, good people, and they do an amazing job. Go to soundwizardry.com, whether you need game development stuff done or just a project that you're working on, they can do it all, they're awesome people, thanks to soundwizardry.com. And with that, we have time to answer maybe a couple questions for Q&A. And I do want to apologize. A couple people reached out to me over the last week asking me what has happened to Name That Game. We haven't done it for a few episodes. And I'll just be honest with you. I have had an episode of Name That Game loaded up in the TriCaster for a month. But we just run out of time. There's so many games mm -hmm. to talk about in November and October that like I'd rather talk about the games than play Name That Game. Uh, if you guys feel differently about that, let me know. But I feel like you guys want to hear about the games more than anything. Uh, the Legacy, thank you for subscribing with Twitch Prime, man. That's awesome. And you're welcome for the show. Um, Congrim One. I'll answer Eric Cartman is real quick because he asked, you know, thoughts on Godzilla Minus One. No. Uh, should be nominated for Best Picture. Go see it. No. Matt loves the new Godzilla movie. Loves it. He was talking to me about it mm -hmm. before the show today. Like, Best Picture talk. Yeah, and it got this theatrical run extended at, I think, at least Regal and AMC theaters for for another week till next week. Go see it in a theater. Go go see Godzilla minus one is the maybe the best Godzilla movie of all time. I have trouble putting it above the first one because the first one is a cornerstone of cinema. Yeah, but like Godzilla minus one is one of the best things I've seen in a long time, and it is probably the best. Every single scene with Godzilla in it is something I've never seen him do before, and it's all done in broad daylight, and they made it for fifteen million dollars. I will it's, now watch it. It is it is an absolute embarrassment to the legendary series. It, it is. Toho just stepped out and said, here's how it's done, amateurs. It's awesome. Really, really amazing. Really great to hear. Um, Age of the Legend Watson, will Dragon's Dogma 2 get any of the Elden Ring crowd? Well, it's not crazy difficult. It's not that, like, it's, it's, yeah. it's not that but it, I mean, it might just in terms of like the look tone of and look, but I think uh, that might be a, another argument for why there should be a demo, because if you like Elden Ring because of the tight, you know, the drum tight combat uh, mechanics, you're not going to find that in Dragon's Dogma. No. So I, Even we can tell already in the footage we're seeing of it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I do get, I, mean, I definitely see the parallel. Like, I do get a similar enjoyment yeah. from both. Mm -hmm. But you have to be ready for what Dragon's Dogma is in yeah. comparison of Elden Ring. Yeah. It's not about the difficulty. It's just yeah. entirely different from other action RPGs. It's more like, why did my sword go through that? Yeah. And it didn't, it was supposed to hit it kind of thing. Um, Congrim 1, do you think Grand Theft Auto 6 will coincide with the hardware refresh? No. No. 
I don't think I don't think we're getting a hardware refresh, meaning like PlayStation Six, Xbox, whatever is no, next. He, I think he means like PlayStation. Oh, Plus, Pro, Pro, or whatever. So PS Five yeah. Pro. Yeah, I don't think so. It's possible. It's possible. The timing is right around there. Yeah, I mean that also might be why you know maybe that would be why we think it's running real time. Yeah. Maybe it'll look like that on the pros or possible. something, but yeah, I don't I don't know. Like I'd be surprised, even though the timing does kind of work out. Um, Clay UK Garage 1988, what are your personal game of the years? Bro, you're <laughs> going to have to watch our game of the year episode to find that out. We're not going to just give it up all willy-nilly here on Game Face. That's special. Uh, we'll take one more. Jerry B, I've never seen you before, so we'll take your question. And then Clay UK Garage, great math. Um, hello from Australia. My question is three parts. Okay, this is definitely the last one. How do you both individually feel a 10 out of 10 should be evaluated or argued for? Um, Shane, what is the process of a game being scored a 10 out of 10? Do you think an IGN editor can just give a 10 out of 10 and move on? Do you feel like classic games, i.e. remasters or remakes, should get a 10 out of 10 in the modern era? So it's basically, what what are our feelings on 10 out of 10 mm-hmm. games? I've been reviewing games since 1997. I have never given a perfect 10. I did give some perfect 5 out of 5s. Yeah, I was. I, I never reviewed anything on a 10-point scale. I right. Yeah, you never did. You always had the 5-point scale. Except, I think I, the, the Witcher. when I, The Witcher 3, I reviewed for you on Sifted. Yep. And I think that's the only time I've ever written anything in a 10-point scale. <laughs> um, I don't care. Yeah, I don't, I don't um, really care about 10 out of 10s either. Like, uh, if it's a 100-point scale... Like I, you... I will say I do not believe the thing where you, where people think say a 10 out of 10 should never be given because that's a perfect game and no game can ever be perfect. Well, then why is there a 10? Yeah, I don't agree scale? with that either. Yeah. Like, if you just can't think of another way the game could be better or have more right now when you're writing that review, that's a 10 out of 10. Yeah. Like, it's easier you can't... You can't pre- it's like you can't be back in, like, 1998 playing Metal Gear Solid 1 and give it a 10 out of 10. 10, but then I, I can't give this a 10 out of 10 because one day ray tracing might be a thing. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it doesn't make yeah. any sense. It's easier too if you're reviewing on a 10 point scale where you have a 9 right. or a 10 and you're not reviewing on the 100 point the scale where you can give stuff, like a 9.6 yeah, or 9.7 then it becomes very hard to give a perfect 10. Yeah, but a 10 out of 10 on a 100 point scale is sort of like that I will say this. That's like I, Mario 64 stuff. Yeah. Like that's like once in a lifetime. I will or, say this. Once if in a decade. I thing. had reviewed the games. I did not. They were handled, I think, both by Jeff Gersman. But if I had reviewed Super Mario 64 and Ocarina of Time when they came out, I would have probably given both those games perfect tens. Yeah, I would probably do There that. have been a few um, that I just didn't review that maybe I would have given them to if I were the one reviewing mm-hmm. them. And um, I, yeah, I do feel an IGN editor can just give a 10 out of 10 and move on because that's their they job. They do. Well, they do. Yeah. IGN's become very generous with its 10 so is GameSpot. Mm-hmm. when i worked at GameSpot, there were like two perfect tens mm-hmm. and i remember gersman wanted to give uh, tony hawk's pro skater three a 10 and mm-hmm. it was like this huge throwdown like now GameSpot hands out tens like candy like you can see though it's like the people who have worked in editorial move out mm-hmm. of these places and the well, other people, like people move like, in people like gersman comes from a very different journalistic background than anyone working in press today yeah like it's, it's literally just a different world it is I mean, it's been a different world three times over since yeah. then yeah um and classic games like the thing about video games is they are very temporal um, i review them at the time yeah I take the you, you gotta review them at the time it's like would i give ocarina of time a 10 out of 10 now no because things oh, are reviewing against modern principles, you no. Can't, and it's like you can't compare it to something like game, like movies or whatever. Because like movies are stories; they yeah. basically stay the same. You're gonna get the same you know, you know reaction out of it, unless something's really egregious or there's you know you've got like things that just don't match up with the times or race. It was a part of it's racist or horrible, misogynistic yeah. or something might affect it. But like 
in terms of games, games are gameplay. They are, they're, you know, the, inter the way you interact with these things changes over time. And like, yeah, maybe Metal Gear Solid 1 was a 10 out of 10 in 1998, but I can't think of a way to give it a 10 out of 10 today. <laughs> Hell no. Hell no. All right, we got to cut it off there. We are over time as usual, but that's the way things go in October and November. There's just so much to get to that we can't somehow still fit it into a three-hour show, which is crazy. Uh, before we go, though, if you're listening to this or you're watching on YouTube, you want to support us, head to patreon.com slash sifted, S-I-F-T-D. If you want to buy us a beer or just help us out for the holidays, go to sifted.net slash donate. You can plug in any amount there. You can pay with your credit card or with PayPal in 130 different countries. Give us whatever you want, a dollar, two dollars, a million dollars, whatever you want, you can pay it there. I know a lot of people just want to give us one chunk at the holidays instead of paying throughout the whole year, and that's your opportunity to do it. So we'll be back next Tuesday with our last regular episode of Game Face for 2023. We're talking about Avatar, Frontiers of Pandora, and a bunch of other stuff, the Game Awards, all the reveals there. Should be a great episode. And then next Friday, we'll be back for our Game of the Year Awards, and that is our last live stream from Sifted for 2023. So thanks, Matt. Thanks to all the people in chat. You guys made the show awesome again. Wish we could have answered more of your questions. Thanks for all the Twitch Prime. You guys are awesome. We'll see you guys next Tuesday. Game Face is up and out. Thank you.